Board of County Commission meeting of Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. If everyone would please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. And the pledge will be led by, how about uh, Commissioner Beam Fur can lead us in the pledge. Because it's going to be a Beam Fur day today. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing. It is customary. Thank you. It is customary that we observe a moment of silence in honor of notable persons from our community who have recently passed. Uh, colleagues, Commissioner Farr. Thank you. Um, Broward County lost one of, its, one of its most powerful advocates in Ruther May Carter this last week. Ruther was a legend in our Broward Addiction and Recovery Center and helped lay the foundation for thousands of residents to get help. She began her employment with Broward County back in 1973 and supervised the first Broward County drug program for black residents called the October Center. She was instrumental in the opening of the BARC in 1973 and her expertise led to testifying before Congress at the height of the crack cocaine epidemic. She retired in 1996, but continued to serve in a leading volunteer role. She taught us that we can lead with compassion and patience when addressing those fighting the pain of addiction and her Im impact saved many lives in our county and she will be very missed. Thank you. Senator Rich. Yes, thank you. Um, yes, I have uh, uh, two very special people I'd like to recognize. Uh, the first is a very special person that we lost in Weston. She's special, special there and to the entire community. Uh, Renee Smoley passed away. Uh, just days after her 98th birthday. Uh, Renee has been a resident of Broward County since 1972. She was a dedicated community activist, devoting her time, talent, and leadership skills to many projects in this county. She chaired uh, the uh, committee um, to restore the native American archaeological and historical significance of Peace Mound Park in Weston, which has always been her favorite place. She was a member of the Coalition of School Improvements and served uh, on the board of the Weston Music Society. She also co-chaired, very importantly, the steering committee that determined uh, that would, there would be uh, the establishment of the city of Weston, which earned her the very appropriate title of Mother of Weston. I can tell you she loved Weston, and Weston loved her. One of her proudest accomplishments occurred, though, in 1999, Renee learned the plight of 27 refugees from Kosovo who were living in one house in Weston. She went to their rescue. She persuaded our Vita home builders to allow the refugees to use two new townhomes, FPL, to provide free electricity, and the city of Sunrise to provide free water for the migrants until they found jobs. Renee's committee was able to acquire donations of food, clothing, and furniture from Weston residents. She also persuaded Nova Southeastern University to provide medical and dental care. They called Renee their guardian angel. Renee was also a founder of AAUW Weston and the first chair 
of the AAUW Weston Foundation, which raises money for young girls and women. She was a champion of women's rights and a member of the Broward County Commission on the Status of Women. Renee is survived by her daughter, Jill, and her granddaughter, Jessica, her son, Richard, and two great-grandchildren, Morgan and Madison. Our, dear, our condolences to her family, uh, her friends, and to the entire community of Broward County. Sorry. Um, this is the person who did not live in Broward County, but represented all of South Florida so incredibly well for such a long period of time. Um, Murray Dubbin passed away the other day, and uh, Murray was 93 years old. Uh, he was born in Miami in 1929. His parents and grandparents are acknowledged as among the city's pioneering families. Um, Murray attended the University of Florida, undergraduate and law school, met the love of his life there, his wife, Helene. They celebrated their 71st anniversary, July 1st, 2022. I had the privilege of living next door, our family did, to Murray and Helene and their sons um, for 16 years down in South Day before we moved up here. Um, Murray set an amazing example for his sons, their spouses, their, his grandchildren, uh, that of work, love of family, and commitment to helping others. Murray practiced law until he ran for the legislature in 1963. He was elected to the Florida House of Representatives at the age of 33. Over the next 12 years, he played an important role, an incredibly important role in modernizing Florida's government. He was instrumental in creating Florida International University, drafting and passing the 1968 Florida Constitution, and enacting open law government, uh, improvements in education, judicial reforms. Between 1970 and 74, Murray served as chairman of the all-important House Rules Committee. Um, Murray was very proud of the spirit of respect and cooperation among legislators, despite their differences in uh, political affiliation and personal backgrounds. He was wise, humble. He made things happen uh, that no one believed were possible without needing to take credit. After Murray retired from the legislature in 1974, he was appointed to the Board of Regents by Governor Reuben Askew, uh, where he led the effort to make FIU a full four-year university. He rose to chairman of the Board of Regents. Murray is survived by his wife, Helene, their sons, Cliff, Sam, who many of you met when he came to present to us on Holocaust insurance, David, and Eric. He was cherished by, he was called Papa Murray, by 10 grandchildren and six uh, great-grandchildren. He is also survived by his two sisters, Bonnie and Robin. Murray's sage wisdom, the twinkle in his eye, and his enduring love and strength will be deeply missed. Memories of Murray will be a blessing to his family, his friends, and his community. Thank you. Thanks, Mayor. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Again, um, just want to remember prayers for those lost lives dear Ian, and also those who have been totally just affected. Just want to 
bring showers of prayers upon the families and those who are still trying to survive and come out of this. Thank you, sir. Senator Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I was also going to mention Murray Dubbin. Um, I knew Murray. I worked with Murray. Murray was, a, I guess, a throwback or during his time when he was really one of the lions of the legislature, one of the leaders, uh, was just a different time where there was a different respect between the members and between the state and local government. And Murray will be missed. May his memory be a blessing. Thank you. Anyone from Advent? <clears throat> Let us also honor the brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, both here and abroad, and thank them for their service. And with that, please take a moment of silence. Please take your seats. <clears throat> Welcome to the October 11th, 2022 commission meeting. Thank you for joining us today. I just want to make special mention, I see Commissioner-elect uh, McKenzie who is in the audience. He'll be joining us up here November 29th. I just want to welcome him and look forward to working. Yeah. Good to see you, sir. Congratulations. As a reminder for the public, item number 58 is set for a time certain today at 11 o'clock. So item 58 is going to go at 11. Both of the presentations have been withdrawn for today's meetings. Please note, um, the ceremonial check presentation for the Cotterman Center is withdrawn, and the Opportunities for Industri Opportunities Industrialization Center of South Florida, the OIC presentation, that one's being deferred to December 6th at the request of Newton Santon. He wanted that one to be on December 6th. So both presentations are off for today. I, in addition, items number 30 and 40 have been withdrawn. Uh, 3 and 40. Item number 3 and 40 have been withdrawn. Today's music was brought to you by Commissioner Tim Ryan, uh, Frederick Chopin, Minute Waltz, and David Allen Coe. You never even called me by my name. So we thank Commissioner Ryan for today's music selection and for his uh, breakfast in the back. We have a couple proclamations. The first one is going to be presented by Senator Steve Geller for Hispanic Heritage Month. And it's going to be presented to uh, William Levy, actor, musician, and Latin superstar who's here today. So. Also, Nelson Fernandez of ANF Construction, uh, Hispanic Unity, the Broward Hispanic Bar representative. Uh, all of them are welcome to join Commissioner okay. Senator Geller at the podium. Thank you. I will call them up momentarily. Yo creo que es importante apreciar la cultura hispana en Condado Broward. En Condado Broward, más de 31% de las personas aquí son hispanos. Yo trabajé con la comunidad hispana durante reapportionment. Y todos, todos de las com, uh, comision, comisionados aquí um, apoyamos la uh, comunidad hispana aquí. Um, let me ask several people to join me up here. 
um, here to accept the Hispanic Heritage Proclamations are various leaders in different industries who serve local Broward County residents. We have with us today, and when I call your name, please come up, uh, Nelson Fernandez. Nelson is the Executive Vice President and co-owner of ANF Group, a general contractor and development firm focused on building successful projects through trust, quality, and cooperation. According to the South Florida Business Journal, ANF is the largest Hispanic-owned business in Broward County. Nelson serves on the Board of Urban League of Broward County, and many of us remember him as the former chairman of the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance Board. I would also like to call up... Okay. I would also like to call up uh, Nazarena Hauser from the Broward County Hispanic Bar Association, which was founded in 1989 when diversity in the legal field was limited and which has paved the way for this generation to have opportunities that were never available to them. The Broward County Hispanic Bar Association continues to be a prominent voice to the Hispanic and Latino population and push for progress. Its aim is to promote diversity, cross-cultural appreciation and equality in the legal profession. And Nazarene, are you the only one here? Okay, thank you. I would like to call up um, Hispanic Unity. Uh, Felipe Pinzon is the president and CEO of Hispanic Unity of Florida, which is empowering a new generation of Americans through a range of wraparound services to help more than 23,000 clients of all ages, from preschoolers to adults, successfully transition to a productive new life. I would also like to call up Manolo, Manolo Diaz, a Latin Grammy trustee, Hispanic musical industry mogul, and winner of the 2022 Lifetime Achievement Award from the Latin Grammys. We were also supposed to be joined today by William Levy, uh, international movie star. Unfortunately, he's ill. Let me read the proclamation. I will then hand one to each of you, and if you have any brief, brief comments. Um, of course, there's four of you. Um, whereas the National Hispanic Heritage Month is the period from September 15th to October 15th in the United States, when people recognize the contributions of Hispanic and Latino Americans, and whereas the theme for the 2022 National Hispanic Heritage Month is Unidos, inclusivity for a stronger nation. The, th uh, the theme is to encourage all voices to be represented and welcome to help build stronger communities and a stronger nation. And whereas, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the Hispanic population in the United States as of July 1, 2021, is approximately 63 million people, making people of Hispanic origin the nation's largest racial or ethnic minority, 18.9% of the total population, and whereas in Broward County, the Hispanic population is 31.9%, representing people from many diverse areas, including Cuba, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, and Mexico. I happen to know that's 22% um, uh, Cuban, 15% Puerto Rican, 14% Colombian, 11% Venezuelan, and 7% Mexican. Uh, from reapportionment. Yeah, and whereas each year, 
Americans celebrate the histories, cultures, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America, and whereas the, the observation of his, uh, National Hispanic Heritage Month um, started in 1968 as Hispanic Heritage Week under President Lyndon Johnson and was expanded by President Ronald Reagan in 1988 to cover a 30-day period starting on September 15th and ending on October 15th. It was enacted into law on August 17, 1988, and whereas the day of September 15th is significant because it is the anniversary of independence for Latin countries Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, in addition, Mexico and Chile celebrate their Independence Days on September 16th and September 18th, respectively. And whereas Hispanics have had a profound and positive influence on our county through their strong commitment to family, faith, hard work, and service, they have enhanced and shaped their national character with centuries-old traditions that reflect the multi-ethnic and multicultural customs of their community. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County that the Board hereby designates September 15, 2022 through October 15, 2022 as Hispanic Heritage Month in Broward County, and it is signed by our Mayor, Michael Udine. And if you say a few words. Thank you very much, Commissioner Geller, Mayor, and the rest of the Commission. I'm honored and humbled to be here representing the Hispanic community uh, today. And I want to say a specific thank you to Commissioner Geller for always being a friend of the Hispanic community, uh, specifically as it relates to, uh, in addition to the Hispanic community, to the construction trade. Uh, obviously, that's my end of the business. And he's always been committed to construction trade training, uh, apprenticeship programs, which I'm also a part of. And he's been a great friend over many decades. Thank you very much to everybody. Thank you, Nelson. Good morning, everyone. I just wanted to say that I am honored to be serving as president of the Broward County Hispanic Bar Association and receiving the, this on their behalf today. I'd like to thank the commission, the mayor, and Commissioner Geller for inviting us um, and including us as part of today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Commissioner Geller. Uh, didn't know your Spanish skills were so good. Um, good morning, County Mayor, Commissioners, uh, County Administrator. Um, I'm, I'm very honored to be here with you today accepting this proclamation on behalf of Hispanic communities, 500,000 clients that have been served over the last 40 years, uh, 400, uh, I'm sorry, 240 staff members and 21 board of directors. This really means a lot to us and want to thank you for celebrating uh, our accomplishments and contributions to this community. Hispanics happen to be champions. They are, they are the, the workers out there, the construction workers, the farm workers, the firefighters. They are the doctors, the nurses. They are the county administrators. They are the city commissioners. They are nonprofit workers helping thousands of people uh, become self-sufficient every single day here in Broward County. So thank you so much for your continued support and for believing in Hispanic Community's mission and work. Good morning. It is with great gratitude 
and uh, with big pride that I received this distinction that really moves me very much and makes me very emotional. I lived in different, different countries of the world and, and paid my taxes in different cities of the world and I, I was never as happy as I am now living and residing and paying my taxes in Fort Lauderdale. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well done. Our next proclamation is Global Peer Support Day, uh, and it's being presented by Senator Nan Rich, and it's presented to the South Florida Wellness Center and Susan Nyamura. I think I murdered Spanish just then. No, you were good. You were really good. Susan, come on up. Okay. Wow. <laughs> this is so exciting to be here with Susan today. And you'll meet, get to meet uh, a lot of peer specialists that are sitting out there. They'll be coming up here in a minute. But I just want to say that we've been doing this for several years now. And um, I, I want to just say that the, the need, the understanding, um, and the funding has grown exponentially for um, peer specialists, support specialists. And I, I think that we can take a lot of credit right here in Broward County because of this leader uh, who had a vision about the importance and what they would mean to helping our community. So uh, I am just so proud to be able to uh, present this with, to her uh, again this year. Whereas Addressing the complex needs of children, youth, adults, families, and veterans with mental health and substance abuse challenges is fundamental to the future of Broward County. And whereas the need for flexible, engaging, empowering, and relationship-building activities for individuals and families is a critical responsibility for our community. Whereas the role of recovery peer support specialists has been defined by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration as an evidence-based practice offering help based on shared understanding, respect, and mutual empowerment between people in similar situations. 
Whereas peer support is a growing profession backed by the Florida Department of Children and Families and the Florida Certification Board. Nationally, there are over 30,000 peers employed. It is estimated that by 2023, peers will constitute 35% of the behavioral health workforce. And whereas the board acknowledges that peer support specialists in Broward County are valued for their hard work and dedication to support individuals and families who live with mental health and substance abuse challenges. And whereas Global Peer Support Celebration Day is sponsored by the South Florida Wellness Network and the Broward Behavioral Health Coalition in accordance with other federal and private partner organizations to celebrate peer support specialists throughout Broward County. Whereas Global Peer Support Celebration Day occurs the third Thursday in October, an annual event that recognizes peer supporters around the world for their continued service of support to individuals and families that experience challenges. Whereas the board recognizes the important work of peer supporters and the important impact they have on individuals, now therefore, be it proclaimed that the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Thursday, October 20th, 2022, as Global Peer Support Celebration Day in Broward County, Florida, and encourages all residents to recognize the value which peer support specialists bring to the behavioral health workforce. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you to all you amazing people that have had the opportunity. I know Beam Fur presented us last year at our annual recovery uh, month event. Um, we are so grateful that Broward County recognizes the work that peer specialists do. They give up countless hours of their life, 24-7 we're responding, co-responding with BSO to address the overdose epidemic that we have here in Broward County. And we have reversed many overdoses for hundreds and thousands of people over the last several years. And I'm so grateful to be joined by a group of peer specialists that are now incoming and training to be launched throughout the Broward community. And we are so grateful because we are not only recognized in our county, we're recognized statewide and nationally for the work that is being done. Broward County is a lead and it couldn't be done without people like you, Commissioner Rich, and of course our CEO, Sylvia Quintana of Broward Behavioral Health, and Kim Campbell over there, who, when I first started this journey, had uh, acknowledged and supported me. I've had some amazing mentors in Broward County. I am a person in long-term recovery, so I am also a BARC alumni, and I'm super grateful. December 6, 2006, will make 16 years of continued recovery for me, and I am so grateful to be here. Thank you.
again. Thank you. I will present the last proclamation for Domestic Violence Awareness Week, and I'd like to invite up for that one Jasmine Rogers, the Commission on the Status of Women Chair, who's here, and anybody else on that board on the status of women, and uh, also Susan Buzzy, who's going to on the board and will, has a presentation back to us. Okay. <laughs> but when you do a lot of copies, they don't all get framed, That's so we have to worry about that. Come on, fill in back here and we can uh, all do this together. <clears throat> Whereas the residents of Broward County are our most precious resource and ensuring their safety, well-being, and positive development is a priority and a responsibility that we all share. Whereas one in three women and one in four men have been victims of physical violence by a close partner within their lifetime. Whereas the exposure of young children to such violence is occurring at an alarming rate, the U.S. Advisory Board on Child Abuse and Neglect suggests that domestic violence may be the single major precursor to child abuse and fatalities in this county. Whereas LGBTQ plus individuals are found to be far more vulnerable and at risk to domestic violence and abuse than those engaged in heterosexual relationships. Whereas the Broward County Commission on the Status of Women Advisory Board is a nonpartisan body which provides a collaborative platform for those seeking information on issues that affect women, girls, and their families in our county. Whereas providing individuals with education about healthy relationships and by changing attitudes that support violence, we work to stop domestic violence for Broward County residents. Now therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County that the board hereby designates October 2022 as Domestic Violence Awareness Month in Broward County. And we urge everyone to respond and work towards ending domestic violence by supporting their community's efforts to empower and assist victims in finding and accessing, accessing the resources they need and by promoting awareness and prevention of domestic violence. And I have proclamations for enough for every member on the, on the committee and, and then some. Good morning, Commission. My name is Jasmine Rogers. I use she and her pronouns, and I serve as the current chair of the Broward County Commission on the Status of Women. I want to first honor that discussing domestic violence may be a triggering topic for people who are here and people who are watching. There are people holding burdens that we may never know about. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the U.S. That's more than 10 million people in the United States. Today is also International Day of the Girl, a time to recognize girls' rights and the unique challenges girls face around the world. Violence against women and girls, particularly trans women and girls, is the culmination of too many systemic failures. We fail when we don't believe survivors. We fail when we uphold inequity. We fail when we refuse to provide all protections for survivors of rape and incest, including the full scope of health care. 
We fail when we perpetuate racism, homophobia, and transphobia, ableism, patriarchy, and any form of discrimination. And if we aren't intentional about confronting power, we will always fail women and girls. This proclamation reminds us that it is our responsibility as leaders to tear down, recreate, and or hold accountable systems that allow violence to continue unchecked. For the survivors we know, the ones who may never tell, and those who are doing their best to escape, it's not your fault and there are resources to support you beyond surviving and into thriving. It is my hope that the commission will make clear their support of survivors beyond proclamation and more into resources and removing barriers for whoever needs help. Thank you, Mayor Udine, for creating this space today and to Senator Rich for always supporting us and women and girls in Broward County. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to invite up Susan uh, to say a couple words. I know she was one of our cultural grant recipients and just did an amazing uh, photography exhibit uh, in conjunction with Broward County down in the Sunrise Library, and it's my honor to invite her up. Uh, thank you, Mayor Udine. Thank you, Commission. Um, yes, uh, I'm first very grateful, obviously, to the Cultural uh, Division, the Broward Cultural Division, for their funding uh, and the support of my exhibit. It's called This Is How I Feel. It is at the Sunrise Civic uh, Center Gallery. It will be on display through most of this month because it is Domestic Violence Month. Um, I am also a very proud member of the Commission on the Status of Women here. I've been appointed by uh, Mayor Eugene several years ago, and we're very proud of the work we do. And um, I'm happy to um, present a piece of the uh, art from the show to the Commission and to the residents of Broward County because we must be vigilant we must pay attention. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Susan. And that piece is right up here so everyone can look at it. And I'm sure the county administration will find an amazing space for this to hang in our county government center. And we can all enjoy this piece and, and recognize the significance and importance of what it represents. Thank you. Now we got the obligatory picture right. with every oh, camera. <laughs> If you have any family members with cameras, you can call them down. They can come in from wherever they are. Okay, start this way, and we're going to go right over. I love it. Okay, um, that brings us to 
our, the reading of the Monday night slash Tuesday morning memo. Kyle from County Administration. Mr. Reading Clerk, you have the floor, sir. Tuesday agenda memorandum. The following are considered for your consideration. Consent items are 1 through 45. Public hearing items are 46 through 53. Regular items are 54 through 66. I request the following withdrawals and Scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawals, deferrals, substitutions. Please note, the ceremonial check presentation to the Nancy J. Cotterman Center is withdrawn and the Opportunities Industrialization Center of South Florida presentation is deferred to the December 6, 2022 commission meeting. Item number three, withdrawn for further staff review. Item 40, withdrawn for further staff review. Item 54, at the request of the speaker, the delegation request is being deferred to the October 25th 2022 commission meeting <clears throat> scrivener's errors items 1a through 1c please note that the names of the board appointees were inadvertently left off the blue cover however are appropriately listed online the names are as follows amanda bartle to the homeless continuum of care matt hughes to the broward regional health planning council and nancy fry to the commission on the status of women item 16 currently reads <clears throat> motion to direct county administrator to publish notice of public hearing to be held on October 11th, 2022. Should read motion to direct county administrator to publish notice of public hearing to be held on October 25th, 2022. <clears throat> Item 28 currently reads motion to approve for a total five-year contract term of $700,000. Should read motion to approve for a total five-year contract term of $700,000 and authorize the mayor and clerk to execute the same. Additional information, item six, the board's consideration of this item is based on the item as supplemented by the additional material. In addition, signature pages have been received. Item eight, the board's consideration of this item is based on the amended motion statement distributed as additional material. Item 10, the board's consideration of this item is based on the item as amended by, by the additional material. Item 21, the board's consideration of this item is based on the agreement distributed as additional material. Item 28, the board's consideration of this item is based on the amended motion statement. Item 50, the board's consideration is based on the item as amended by the additional material. Item 66, the board's consideration of this item is based on the resolution as amended by the substitute pages distributed as additional material. Mayor requests without objection items 57, 59, 60, 62, 63, and 66 be moved to consent. Please note time certain item, item 58 is time certain for 11 o'clock a.m. Additional material, regular meeting. <clears throat> item six, memo to the board submitted by Public Works Department. Item eight, memo to the board submitted by Public by Port Everglades Department. Item 10, memo to the board submitted by Transportation Department. Item 15, ILA signature pages submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item 21, release and hold harmless agreement for banner signs to be placed on utility poles submitted by Resilient Environment Department. Additional material regular meeting. Item 58, Exhibit 2, Solid Waste and Recycling Interlocal Agreement submitted by Commissioner Beam Fur. Item 66, Substitute page 6 and 7 of Attachment A to the resolution submitted by Public Works Department. Additional material public hearing um, for Item 50, Replacement Exhibit 4 submitted by Port Everglades Department. Thank you, Kyle. Are there, I'm going to ask the commissioners for any polls. I'll start with Commissioner Fur. 42, please. 42. Senator Rich. Seven for an abstention. Seven for an abstention. Senator Geller. No, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Commissioner Ryan. No polls. Uh, County Administrator Monica Sapero, any polls? No, sir. Deputy County Administrator, any public polls? 
There are three public polls, numbers 6, 15, and 22. 6, 15, and 22 have been polled by the public. Uh, county attorney. Uh, county auditor. Okay, with that, do you want to read the... <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, the uh, consent agenda is items number one through 45. Less the following items. Uh, item three, which was withdrawn. Item six. Item seven, which was pulled for an abstention. Item 15. Item 22. Item 40, which was withdrawn. And item 42. And then adding to the consent agenda are items 57, 59, 60, 62, 63, and 66. Mr. Mayor? Yes. Bogan's not here, so I don't have to race today. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like to move. Uh, I am. I, uh, Mr. Geller, I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's harder for you to, to race when you're on the line. Um, I move the uh, consent agenda as read by the county attorney. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second. Second by Senator Rich. All See, he can't even second quickly. <laughs> All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? I, I oppose anything Geller uh, recommends. Please show that that passes. No, I don't. Seven, seven to zero. Uh, the consent agenda passes. Before we jump into the, or I'm gonna, I'll wait till the end on that. Um, agenda item number six was pulled by the public. No. Six. Agenda item numbers. I have, okay, agenda item number six is a motion to approve easement granting Florida Gas Transmission Company LLC a perpetual non-exclusive underground utility easement on a portion of county-owned property located at 4400 State Road 7 in the Broward MSD. It is a, and there's also motion B, temporary revocable license agreement with Florida Gas and Motion C, uh, another perpetual maintenance agreement with Florida Gas. I have two members of the public that are here to speak on that. Actually, I have one member, but he signed up twice. Asher Sokajewski. But he only gets to speak once. Doesn't get more time. Asher, please step forward. You'll be recognized for three minutes. Let me pull up real quick. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, good morning, commissioners, vice mayor, and mayor. My name is Asher, and I am here today to demand that you vote no on item number six. I am terrified of item number six passing because if this pipeline was built, it would release carbon emissions and play a role in warming our plants. According to the International Panel on Climate Change, IPCC Working Group 1 report Climate Change 2021, the physical science basis. Emissions of greenhouse gases from human activities are responsible for approximately 1.1 degrees Celsius of warming since 1850 to 1900. The IPCC special report on the impacts of global warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels clearly outlines the negative effects 
of surpassing 1.5 degrees Celsius. Simply put, surpassing 1.5 degrees Celsius would result in us seeing irreversible and catastrophic effects of climate change. With the Earth already warming by 1.1 degrees Celsius, we can't afford even projects with minor effects on global warming. And this pipeline would have major effects on global warming. According to a recent Washington Post article, Hurricane Ian is the deadliest hurricane to hit the state of Florida since 1935. This hurricane was no doubt strengthened by climate change, and that's at 1.1 degree, degrees of warming. But imagine how much stronger that hurricane would have been if we surpassed 1.5 degrees of warming. You may be thinking that this pipeline is a natural gas pipeline, so it's not bad for the environment. But even though it's a natural gas pipeline, it'd still be very bad for environment because about 117 pounds of CO2 is produced per million British thermal units MBTU equivalent to natural gas according to the U.S. Energy Information Association, IEA. Apart from this pipeline continuing to increase global warming, I am also worried about this pipeline leaking. According to the Center for Biological Diversity, from 1996 to 2013, pipelines spilled about 500,000 barrels or 21 million gallons of natural gas. I am concerned that due to the pipeline's close proximity of the South Fork Canoe Launch, it could leak into the water, killing many animals. Today, each one of you faces a critical choice, and the most important choice of your time on the commission and likely the most important choice you'll ever face as a commissioner. Will you A, choose to work with FPL to destroy the plant and be responsible for harming the environment, the death of animals, and potentially the death of your own constituents? Or will you decide to do what your constituents want you to do, save animals' lives, your constituent lives, and do your part to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius? Commissioners, Vice Man Mayor, the choice is clear. Vote no on item six. Thank you. Thank you, Asher. Um, seeing no other speakers, I'm going to close to the public and open to the commission. I'll accept a motion. I have a motion by Vice Mayor Fisher. Is there a second? Second by Commissioner Farr. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes seven to zero. That brings us to agenda item number seven, which was pulled by Senator Rich, I believe, for an abstention. Yes, yes thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, uh, I serve on the uh, board of the Bar Behavioral Health Coalition, which will be impacted financially if item seven passes. I do not receive any compensation for serving on this board, and I therefore have no actual statutory voting conflict. However, to avoid the appearance of a conflict, I am abstaining on item seven and ask that this be reflected in the minutes. Thank you. Mr. Chair, with approval. I have a motion by Senator Geller, Second, second by uh, Vice Mayor Fisher on agenda item number seven. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes One, two, three, six to zero, because I'm bogans on the phone, and Senator Rich is shown as abstaining on this. That brings us to agenda item number 15. Uh, agenda item number 15 was pulled from the public. Uh, agenda item number 15 is motion to approve an interlocal agreement between 
Broward County and the City of Hollywood regarding the creation and maintenance of two anchoring limitation areas in Hollywood, Florida. Our speaker for that is Asher Shuck. Asher. That was an error, so he's withdrawing as a speaker. I have a motion by Vice second. Mayor Fisher. I have a second by Commissioner Geller. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes 7 to 0. That brings us to agenda item number 22. Agenda item number 22 is a motion to retroactively, retroactive use environment protection agency, American Rescue Plan Cooperative Agreement in the amount of 149250 to provide funding for the county's particulate matter meeting program. Uh, and there's a, it, that's two parts, A and B. Item number 22 was pulled by Carrie Nagdeman. Carrie Nagdeman? Yes, sir. Please step forward and you'll be given three minutes to speak on the issue. I want to say thank you to everybody and your proactive approach to realize uh, the pollution needs and, what, and how to handle them. Uh, I have been a proactive uh, pollution educator in Broward County for years. And uh, Mayor Udine, your predecessor, Dale Holness, enacted uh, a test program years ago. Unfortunately, due to COVID and all the other excuses that people follow, uh, the the proof that there is a solution or multiple solutions to reduce particulates. Particulate is the unburnt carbon primarily from a diesel motor. A diesel motor, every gallon releases roughly 22 pounds of pollution. A gasoline motor reduces roughly 20, 19 pounds of greenhouse gases. I would like to assist or share any information with the commission, this, the mayor, as well as the attorney, city attorney to help get Broward County and the United States of America on the proper track. This situation I'm currently offering to share with you has been used by Broward County for six years. It is currently used by the U.S. Border Patrol, Homeland Security, United States Army to put on their Bradley tanks to remove the black carbon so the tanks won't be identified. Uh, this is a solution that basically is low cost to purchase and the ROI, for example, on a transit bus is less than 20 days. This is a profit-making situation that could help clean our environment from the particulates and in, in, increase the fuel efficiency. What it is is it's a process called electrolysis. It's been around for a few years, 1800 if I'm not mistaken. And what it does is it helps the vapor pressure in fuel burn more combustible. By making fuel burn more combustible, it burns cleaner and more efficiently. Diesel buses, like Broward County, uh, use about 20 diesel particulate filters a month. They have to be replaced. They clean them, they, they crack, they're made out of ceramic. This is a solution to saving the county money by reducing pollution. The bottom line, let's get rid of pollution. Particulates is pollution. I have lots of paperwork I'd like to share. I prefer to do it online, so if there's an administrator that I could work with to <clears throat> spread the information. Uh, I've been doing this for many years. Uh, I have 
products that I can share, not just the ones that I represent because of this. I have a background in metallurgical engineering. Uh, I'm very familiar with uh, electrolysis and things like that. So with that being said, I'd like to refer gifts my paperwork that I can share with the committee. So I see Kevin Kelleher came in. Maybe you can get his email address, send it to Kevin, and he can get it to Dr. Harado. That's what I try to do when I get a lot of this. I send it to Kevin, okay. whether he likes it or not. Kevin, is this gentleman here? Yeah, him right there. Yeah, I, I've been in touch in with Dr. Gerardo okay. 10 years ago, eight years ago. In this case, Mr. Mayor, will be um, Michael Ruiz. Oh, take, scratch Kevin from the list and <laughs> mruiz at Broward.org. All right, Brett brings us to back to the commission on agenda item number 22. I'll accept a motion. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second by Senator Rich. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? Please show that item number 22 passes unanimously. That, uh, seven to zero. That brings us up to item number 42. I know we have our time certain coming up in five minutes. I see our friends from the League of Cities and different municipalities are here. Sign up if you guys want to speak on that item so we do this. I don't even know how any of that works, but there's a new system. Item number 42. I'll be real quick on this. Okay. Um, I just wanted to um, let everybody know about the Find Free Initiative that our Broward County Library is, is uh, putting forward. Uh, I, brought, I had brought this to the library five years ago or something like this, and mainly because uh, I saw how well it worked in the Broward County School District by not imposing fines. You still got to pay. If you lose a book, you still got to pay for the book and things. But it, it had become kind of a disincentive when, when, people, when kids got fines, they just would stop coming. They would stop coming to the library. Families would stop coming to the library. And there was a very good... Uh, study done by Syracuse University that showed that if you didn't do this, if you didn't have the fines, that you ended up having much more involvement. That's what the Broward County School Board saw that, Miami-Dade has seen that, Palm Beach has seen that. So I'm happy to announce today uh, that in Broward County, uh, all new fines, there will, be, there will be no new fines for overdue books. So, you want, would you like to move that? Because I would like to move that, You were one of yes. the only mayors who was a librarian of a major city. In, exactly. There was one other mayor who was, but he, that, he was like everything, and it was a tiny I town. I think she was so. a sheriff and everything yeah, else. she was everything, <laughs> so I'm, I'm still sticking with <laughs> Beam on that. I'll second it. Since I have a motion by Commissioner Fee. I'll second it since my daughter's a librarian. Your daughter's a librarian. Seconded by uh, <laughs> Senator Rich. All in favor on agenda item number 42 signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes unanimously. That brings us up to our first public hearing, agenda item number 46. Uh, Kyle, please. The public hearing on item 46 is now open. Item 46 is a motion to adopt resolution vacating a portion of a variable width drainage easement lying within tracks 1 and 2 of the Jacaranda parcel 761 plat, plat book 113, page 45 in the city of Plantation. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor on item number 46, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes 7 to 0. Item number 47, Kyle. The public hearing on item 47 is now open. Item 47 is a motion to adopt resolution vacating two 15-foot drainage easements lying within lots 1 and 2 of Brewer Plot 2, Plot Book page 175, page 53, in the city of Parkland. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second by Vice Mayor Fisher? All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. 
Opposed? Please show that it passes seven to zero. Agenda item number 48. Kyle. The public hearing on item 48 is now open. Item 48 is a motion to adopt resolution abandoning two separate portions of the North Pine Island Road right-of-way, official records book 5897, page 811, and official records book 45192, page 612, and vacating three separate platted 12-foot utility easements lying within parcel B of Colony West Shopping Plaza, Platt, Plat Book 84, page 25, within the city of Tamarack. No member of the public has signed up to speak. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second by Senator Rich. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes 7 to 0. Agenda item number 49. Kyle. The public hearing on item 49 is now open. Item 49 is a motion to adopt resolution amending section 40.27 of the County Administrative Code, establishing fees for building code division services. No member of the public has signed up to speak. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes uh, 7 to 0. Agenda item number 50. The public hearing on item 50 is now open. Item 50 is a motion to adopt resolution granting renewal of a non-exclusive franchise to Marksman Security Corporation for a five-year term to provide marine terminal security services at Port Everglades. No member of the public has signed up to speak. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second by uh, Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed. Opposed. Please show that that passes seven to zero. Agenda item number 51. Kyle. The public hearing on item 51 is now open. Item 51 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to the repeal of obsolete or outdated provisions in Chapter 1 of the County Code of Ordinances. No member of the public has signed up to speak. I have a motion by Senator Geller, second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes 7 to 0. Agenda item number 52. The public hearing on item 52 is now open. Item 52 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to the repeal of obsolete or outdated provisions in chapters 15, 17, 21, and 23 of the County Code of Ordinances. No member of the public has signed up to speak. I have a motion by Senator Geller. I have a second by Vice Mayor Fisher on item number 52. All in favor signify by saying aye. <clears throat> aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes 7 to 0. Agenda item number 53 is the last of our public hearings. Let's take that one, then we'll go into the time certain. Kyle, 53. The public hearing on item 53 is now open. Our final public hearing item is item 53, which is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to landlord-tenant relations and rental notices, amending sections 20-105 and 20-106 of the County Code of Ordinances. No member of the public has signed up to speak. I have a motion by... I have a motion by Vice Mayor Fisher, second by Senator Geller. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes 7 to 0. That brings us up to agenda item number 58, which is the time certain that we have. Uh, I want to welcome our friends from the Broward League of Cities and the different municipalities that are here. Item number 58 is uh, the issue that we have been working on with uh, solid waste. It's been a yeoman's effort taken on by county, city, uh, lawyers, staff. I'm going to open this up with uh, Commissioner Furr, who's been representing us on the Broward Commission, has been our liaison. And uh, I'm going to give it to Commissioner Furr for a little introduction, uh, and then we'll open it up to all the public. 
and I will refresh my browser as I'm told to do to see who's here from the public. Okay, thank you, Mayor. Thank you. And uh, thank you all to uh, the rest of the commission for keeping me on garbage detail for, yeah, <laughs> forever. <laughs> One of these days I'm gonna get off it. I know. Uh, today we're here to review the interlocal agreement that has been hammered out uh, by the Solid Waste Working Group. And many of them are in the audience. If, if the Solid Waste Working Group would please stand just so we can, so everybody knows who's been working on this. This is, this is a, a group that's been meeting every two weeks for the last year and a half um, on a regular basis uh, to, try to, get, to try to hammer this out. And it's been a little bit like trying to write a constitution. Um, and it is uh, full of, it has been a lot of frank and good conversation. Uh, between between all the parties, and uh, on I think it was September 13th, the interlocal agreement was presented to all the cities in Sunrise, and and all of the not only all the cities were there, but all the public works departments, full house, um, and they were given directions to go back to their cities, and every city, all 30 cities, the only cities not doing this at the moment is Lazy, lazy Lake. Um, but all 30 cities are doing what we are doing today. Uh, they are all looking at this interlocal agreement with, with, from their vantage point. And the fact is we all are coming at it from our own vantage point and our own responsibilities and our own obligations. So we all, we all are, it is a work in progress and I wanna emphasize that in particular. This is not a final, it's, it's final in, in that it's being presented, but it is not, I, I think there's going to be changes to it. There's been a lot of people involved in this, and as I just mentioned, it was a solid waste working group. But I would be remiss if I didn't say, uh, our own county administration has been involved from every step of the way. And I, I want to particularly thank Kevin Kelleher, who has been... Uh, if, we, if we don't have daily conversations, I, it's almost daily conversations on this. And, um, and Monica and your whole staff has been tremendous on this and, and help guiding, reminding us of what our responsibilities are, what our statutory obligations are as well. Um, also, County Legal, Nathaniel, Matt, Joe, oh my gosh, what, a, what an amazing team that you have, Drew, uh, that has been working with City Legal um, people, and it has been, you know, I can tell that there's, there's, they are, it is a lot of discussion going on between all those parties in trying to uh, wordsmith this in such a way that everybody can feel right about it. Um, in addition, we've had public input uh, the entire time. We've had uh, numerous environmental groups have been involved in all of these Zoom meetings and been, have, have, put in very good suggestions. And when you look at our mission statement, it is a combination of those kind of um, suggestions that have come from not only our working group, not only the cities, lawyers, but the environment, environmental groups, as well as industry. Because let's not forget, this is going to be a partnership that is not just county city. It is, we are going to need everybody and all hands on deck to make this work. Um, so, um, it was in April of 2021 where I had brought back the very first um, suggestion to this commission that we had thought about that the Solid Waste Working Group had voted to go to, to be an independent district. This commission 
um, because of its experience um, on the, on, in, in the state level, uh, suggested to the uh, solid waste working group that it would be better to go to an interlocal agreement or to a dependent district. And this commission really has helped steer in, the, in those ways this working group toward this um, agreement in, in doing it in this way. Uh, so I say that because I think this commission has a lot to say on this and, and today is a good day to weigh in on what you've read, what you've seen. Um, to you, many of the representatives from the city are here today. I think it's a, it's a very good chance for them to hear from us and from this entire commission instead of just me. Uh, but a good chance to hear from, from everybody. Uh, thoughts, that every, so everybody's you know, on the same page. And then when we go back to uh, the Solid Waste Working Group, we will be taking all of that into consideration as, uh, as well as what, we'll, what we will be hearing from all the different cities. Because, uh, and I'll just say it again, we are all coming at it, coming to this from different vantage points, from different obligations, from different responsibilities, and all of that has to come together so that we're comfortable, because this is a long-term agreement. This is not a short-term agreement. This is a, as it is envisioned, a 40-year agreement with two 10-year options. So we are looking far into the future on this uh, to make sure that we are uh, being good stewards for this entire county for, for generations to come. So with that, I think it'd be a good time to open it up to public comments, and then we'll go through the slides. And, uh. Thank you for that overview, Commissioner. I have six people that have signed up uh, to speak. Uh, if there are any other elected officials, when I get through, if I haven't spoken to you, I'm not going to shut you out from speaking. You can come register even if you register technically a you know, minute or two late. First is Stephanie Pearson, who's listed for questions only, but I know that the system is not great, so if you want to step forward. I'm assuming you probably still want to speak. Yes. I obviously misinterpreted what questions only meant. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, my name is Stephanie Pearson. I'm here today representing the League of Women Voters of Broward County. Um, and as you well know, uh, we have a solid waste crisis here in Broward. Uh, here in Broward, we create an astonishing amount of solid waste, about 4 million tons a year. What do we do with it? Most goes to the landfill or to our one incinerator, which are both owned by a private for-profit company, and some is shipped to other counties. It is a crisis because we have too much waste. The landfill and incinerator are nearing capacity. Other counties no longer want our waste. The Monarch landfill in Coconut Creek and the incinerator are owned by a private for-profit company costing our local governments more. Recycling is not working well due to contamination, that is, non-recyclables being put into the recycle bins that spoil the product, and poor recycle markets, which are now just starting to come back somewhat. The Solid Waste Working Group, which represents the county and all 31 cities in Broward, has worked diligently in good faith for two years to draft a comprehensive solid waste plan for Broward, which uh, is the ILA that you are looking at. With a unified program, there will be shared costs to reduce the burden on all local governments, a better opportunity to negotiate for the sale of recyclables, 
government ownership of facilities to step us back from being at the mercy of private for-profit companies, uniform public education on disposal and recycling to help reduce contamination and to increase public participation. Broward will also have the opportunity to take advantage of new technologies and programs to reduce waste, to process it more efficiently, being mindful of environmental sustainability. And there's an opportunity to benefit our economy by creating jobs and in industry here in Broward. The Solid Waste Working Group has drafted an interlocal agreement laying out a governing structure for a solid waste plan. We absolutely must have the support of the county for this well thought out and negotiated agreement. Um, I'd also like to add that if the county commission does uh, offer some suggestions to the Solid Waste Working Group that you consider uh, suggesting that the TAC membership include members of the environmental community, uh, could be the scientific community, academia, or environmental organizations. Uh, we have a, a long precedent in Broward of having these TAC members, including members at large. And so if you do make suggestions, uh, we would appreciate if you would think about that. Thanks very much. Thank you, Stephanie. Do you have a question of this speaker? Yeah. Sort of. It, it, okay. Uh, Ma'am, it's more of an announcement to you and to anyone else, but um, if you're interested in solid waste, um, I chair the South Florida Regional Planning Council, mm -hmm. and on Friday, October 21st, we're having a joint meeting of the South Florida Regional Planning Council, which is Monroe, Dade, and Broward, and the Treasure Coast Regional Planning Council, which is Palm Beach, Martin, St. Lucie, and Indian River counties. Specifically, it's an all-day um, workshop specifically on solid waste. It will be taking place at Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton. And if you want to register for that, please contact the South Florida Regional Planning Council. And again, that same announcement goes to anyone else here. I know all of the municipal officials have already received an invitation to that. Okay, that's great. Thank, Thank you very you, much. Mr. Jairo Gonzalez. And on deck is Stephanie Joffe. You could stay where you are. I'm just going to call you next, Stephanie. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Mr. Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners. My name is Jairo Gonzalez. I'm an organics recycler. I'm also a member of the United States Composting Association and of the newly formed Florida State Chapter of the U.S. Composting Association. We um, um, wanted to speak about solid waste, and one of the major components of solid waste, which is about 55%, is the organic component of organic waste that goes into landfill or incineration. Of that 50%, food waste is about 25% that's generated in our households. The remaining could be animal, vegetation waste. Together, this feedstock generates 28% of the total methane emissions in North America. Something that is methane is greenhouse emissions. These are odorless, colorless, but it's the most dangerous gas being produced. When buried in a landfill or when incinerated, it creates this hazardous environment. So it is the association, which is an industry association, by the way. We are a nonprofit that work nationwide with about 2,000 members. And in the state of Florida, we've just put together the association, and we're about 50 strong. <clears throat> but it is an industry association because the feedstock of organics, 
processed correctly generates a very important component of our revenues, which is compost. It works towards many, many areas, including soil amendment, including erosion control, stormwater mitigation, and of course, climate change, as we've heard earlier. So when we saw this, uh, and I just jumped on this uh, uh, agreement, interlocal agreement, which we have seen across North America, there is an opportunity that this agreement uh, include organics or food waste as a recoverable. And because the state of Florida doesn't have a food waste policy in place at this time, we're working on it in Tallahassee, but it is important that the counties take the lead as well as the municipalities. And we're here to help because of our case studies, our education, our experiences with these type of agreements when organics are excluded. And it's important to keep organics. We have community members who have businesses, small businesses, because it is a business that generates revenue, opportunities and green jobs, and feeds our urban uh, farming, uh, community gardens, and all the issues related with food security and so forth, and social justice. So composting is very important. So we wanted to offer our know-how and our experience. Now I'm a resident of the state of Florida. I live up in uh, West Palm County. And we want to make sure that this interlocal agreement has our input so that you understand the benefits of composting and utilizing this extraordinary material that really is overfilling your landfills and create a problem because it, it just cannot be buried anymore. So I just want to make sure that we're in it. I'd like to participate in your stakeholders' meetings and any information uh, that is being provided. Thank you. Our next speaker is Stephanie Jaffe. And on deck is Sandy Welch. You're on deck. Hi. Thank you for allowing me to speak today. I'm here to urge you to commit to the ILA draft plan written by the Solid Waste Working Group to deal with Broward County's 4 million ton waste stream because it will be cheaper for the cities due to the economy of scale. We can no longer abide by the air pollution, water pollution, and greenhouse gases, especially methane, as our former speaker said, produced by incineration and landfill of this 4 million tons of trash that is currently being incinerated or dumped into our landfills. We are currently not availing ourselves of the most sustainable and up-to-date technologies to deal with our waste stream. And most importantly, from my perspective, we need to focus on reducing our waste stream by encouraging our communities to decrease the amount of solid waste, especially plastics that need to be recycled, and organic waste, as our, our previous speaker said, that can be composted and used to support our agricultural industry. That's a win-win for all of us. Handling our waste as a county will afford us the ability to to accomplish these goals. Therefore, I urge you to support this ILA, and as Stephanie said, um, to include members on the TAC that have expertise in composting and other, other ways of dealing with our garbage sustainably. Thank you very much. Thank you. Going out of order now due to the nods I've seen from the audience, Mayor Greg Ross, the Honorable Greg Ross from Cooper City. Sir. Good morning. Good morning, Commissioners. I am Greg Ross, Mayor of Cooper City. More importantly today, I am coming to you as the Chair of the Solid Waste Working Group, of which we have quite a number of members here, and I wish to take this opportunity to publicly say to all of them, 
thank you for their time and effort, especially Commissioner Beam Fur, Vice Chair of the Solid Waste Working Group, for your time, effort, knowledge, know-how, input. It has been invaluable, and we appreciate that. Today you have before us what Commissioner Furr indicated was a final draft, but he's right, it's liquid. It's like the law, ever-changing. And so we ask you today to do what we've asked the cities to do, and that is to review it, to give us your input, your review, what you believe would make it better for the citizens of Broward County. Commissioner Furr is right that we all come at it with different viewpoints. However, the one thing that we have to keep our eyes on, and that is the ball. The ball is the residents. What will make it better for them? And that's what we ask you to do when you review this, is see how it could be made better for the residents. We continue to work with each of the cities, as well as the county, to resolve the issues of solid waste disposal while maintaining a green environment. I thank you for your attention today and cooperation. Thank you, Mayor Ross. Just to mention, they didn't all sign up, but we do have other members and other elected officials here. I see Commissioner Glassman from the city of Fort Lauderdale, Susan Starkey from the town of Davie, Beverly Williams from Lauderdale Lakes, my friend Commissioner Bob Mayerson, my commissioner from the city of Parkland. Uh, I see Mayor Anna Ziotti in the back. That's all the electeds I see. The guys, oh, and well, I'm gonna call her next. She's next on the list. I was gonna end with her. Who's sitting next to Jamie Cole? That looks like very lawyerish. He's probably not a, city yeah. Manager city manager of Weston, close enough for government work. Our next speaker uh, and, uh, is uh, Commissioner uh, Haviana from the city of Hallandale Beach. And you didn't sign in, but I knew you all by face, so that's why I was able to do that. Thank you so much. Um, I've had the pleasure of being on the working group for the last few years since the start, representing the mid-sized cities of Broward County. And I also want to thank some of uh, the additional attorneys we've had helping with the ILA, Jamie Cole, uh, Michael Cirillo, Quentin Morgan. All of the attorneys have worked so hard. They have spent many hours educating us. We've watched them debate. It's been so interesting and I've learned so much. Um, but they've really guided us through governance structure, through waste generation study, through this ILA today. So I do want to thank them. Um, throughout this whole process, I think the things we've centered the most have been collaboration, open-mindedness, and working and learning together. And so that's the product of what you see today. Um, just to create long-lasting and real solutions for solid waste and recycling in Broward County. Because this is an urgent uh, and extremely important issue that if we don't start addressing now, you know, if we don't start addressing, you know, yesterday, that my generation and the next and the next generations are going to suffer due to inaction. So it's extremely important today that we do this for our environment, but also our finances, for also our garbage, for everything that we can. It's an equity, environmental, and financial issue. Um, so we really look forward to your feedback. Um, you know, every city is reviewing this. It's a living document, as Chair Ross said. Um, and we've worked so, so hard to get here today. I can't tell you how many hours and hours and hours of meetings we've had on Zoom throughout COVID, throughout the pandemic, and it is so much that we have gotten here today. So we're nearly at the end, you know, through the governance structure debates, through the waste generation study debates, and now through the ILA today. So uh, we really look forward to hearing back your feedback. Thank you. Thank you. Love it how these public officials don't take their full three minutes. It's even better. <laughs> Our last speaker, Commissioner Welch, unless you want to defer. 
Okay. Then I'm going to close to the public. There's no one else signed up. Okay. I certainly didn't want to precede the, the league president if he was choosing to speak. Okay. So uh, thank you. It's Sandra Welch, Vice Mayor of Coconut Creek. And uh, I too am, uh, I just want to mention that Becky Tooley is our delegate for the city of Coconut Creek in the Solid Waste Working Group. And unfortunately, she's not able to be here today. And I know she would because uh, she uh, has been at the meetings in the forefront. I have been in the background as the alternate delegate, actively listening to each and every um, meeting, nearly every meeting. I think I missed one. But uh, I totally agree with those that spoke before. There's been a lot of heart and soul that's gone in and intellect that's gone into uh, the work of the agreement that you have before you today. So I certainly want to suggest to you that we as a city certainly do support it. Um, I just want to call out a couple of things that we highly recommend, and that is the retention of the supermajority vote by the Broward County Commission in, in chance of a veto. And uh, assuming that is not the pleasure of the commission in your discussions, we would like to say that um, there seems to have been some conversations about uh, separating the authority of the recycling from the waste in the, by the county commission, and we would not support that. We, it needs to be considered as whole one and whole, and uh, how else are we going to get to no waste or low waste, as the preceding speakers had said. So um, according to our legal opinion by our talented city attorney and our subject matter experts and our staff, that's the recommendation coming from us. So again, thank you for your consideration and look forward to your comments. Thank you, Vice Mayor. With that, I am closing to the public and now I'm going to go back to Commissioner Furr, who has a PowerPoint that's going to be played so that we can make sure. It's, that's going to be the first half by Commissioner Furr, and then the county attorney has the second half to kind of walk the public through some of what's going on. Right. Okay. Thank you, Mayor. And thanks for all those comments. Uh, it's, it's nice to hear from everybody. And Greg, back at you. You've been a, you've been a fantastic chair on this. A bit of a taskmaster, but uh, you've, been, you've been great. Um, if we could go to the next slide, please. Thank you. And this is what, this, just for a quick brief overview for those who aren't totally familiar with this, this kind of gives an overview of, of the history of solid waste from around the 1990s up to now. And in the 1990s, we, Broward County actually created a, the RRB. And it was actually, it worked really well. I was on, I was on the RRB for the city of Hollywood uh, as a city commissioner. And it actually worked very well. Yes, the tipping fees kept going up higher and they got escalated because I was part of paying off the bond. But I remember as a city commissioner getting very big and huge rebates. Not everybody remembers the rebates part, but, but we remember the tipping fees, uh, how high they got. But we don't remember that every city was getting very big rebates in, 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 you know, in, in align with that, as well as all the programs that were part of that. And you had Broward Beautiful, and you had the, the hazardous waste programs, and you had numerous programs that were really working really well for this, for this county. So I say that to just to remind people, but there was a fatal flaw in it. And the fatal flaw was that we didn't own it. That's a big flaw. 
That's a big flaw. Because in the end, we didn't have, we didn't have the control over it, nor did we have the transparency that I think all of us would like to see. So there was, there was good and bad there. I also want to remind people that there was an inter interlocal agreement that came in front of the, and, and very few people know this, but an interlocal agreement was actually brought to the county commission in, I think it was 2012, Monica, you might know this, 2010 or 11 or 12, something like that, that was hammered out by all of the RRB members at the time. The county commission at the time declined to approve it, declined to even listen to it, to be honest. And at the end, what happened was right after that, once it was not, because what that was, was how, how is the RRB going to continue once it was going to expire in 2013. The RRB had a plan, a succession plan, in ready to go so that we could keep going for years and years and years. It didn't, the county commission at the time decided not to pass that. What happened was you had a total implosion and you had um, everybody kind of went their own way and half stayed with uh, Wheeler Brader at the time and the other half of the cities went all over the place, thinking that they might find a better, um, that the grass was greener somewhere else. And you found our, so our garbage in this county was going all over the place, and still is. It was going to Okeechobee, it's going to the Jed Landfill, it's going to Arcadia, it was going to Palm Beach incinerators, um, and, and our, our own landfill was beginning to get filled up at a very fast rate because our, our own incinerator wasn't being used as much. Fast forward, you have a big, big lawsuits between cities, county, that gets agreed on. There's a global amendment. Part of the global amendment, though, allowed for one of the incinerators to get dismantled, which is at the very same time that Palm Beach was building another one. Why? Because they're, they're needed. At the same time that our own garbage was tremendously increasing. Palm Beach has two incinerators, Miami-Dade does, we have one now, and we have just as more, we have a million more pounds, tons of garbage than we had before. So part of that, part of the agreement through all of the lawsuits and all stuff was that assets got distributed, et cetera, and there was one part of that, it just reminded everybody, that was a piece of property called the Alpha 250 that this commission decided, and I think I had talked to Lamar while he was mayor at the time, uh, and, and asked, I said, would, would you consider, would your city consider this, you know, or would you be in favor of, this, of the county being able to use that? And he said, you'd, you'd think about it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it was like, but I, I think this commission knew that we needed that, you don't get, property zoned and land use for garbage very easily. So we needed to hold on to that. So we went to all the cities and said, let's put a pause. We did, all the cities agreed. There was an MOU and part of the MOU was to decide, is it worth keeping that Alpha 250, that piece of property for the entire county? Um, we sent it to, we, we hired, uh, along with the cities, there was a group put together, I think it was the five main cities part of the lawsuit put together a group that said, we'll hire Arcadis, which is a consulting group de dealing in solid waste. And we asked them to do three things. We said, we want you to um, first tell us, should we keep the Alpha 250 for the county? Second, 
how can we attain the 75% recycling goal that was part of the, um, I think when Commissioner Ryan, was, at that time Rep Representative Ryan and Senator Geller were, were up there, they had put forth a uh, bill that is set, or uh, not a man, it wasn't a mandate, but it was a, more of a goal of 75% recycling for all, uh, and, and Senator Rich, 75% uh, recycling rate goal. So we asked, how do we get there? How can this county get to 75% recycling? We asked Arcadis to let us know. And then finally, if, if, if the answer is yes to both of those, what is the government structure that would get us there? How would we do that? Would we do an independent district? Would we do a dependent district? Or would we do an interlocal agreement? Solid Waste Working Group said, let's do an independent district. It came to this body because of the experience and wisdom on this commission. There was a suggestion and good ideas of why not to do that. And so it went back to the Solid Waste Working Group and the decision was to go toward an interlocal agreement and, and to start hammering one out. Um, next, oh, good, you, you're doing the slides with me. Thank you. Um, so uh, since then, what has been happening is there's been a, a memorandum of understanding uh, from with all of the cities to go forward and to hammer out the ILA. Um, I'm just going to read what the MOU states. <coughs> says there is a critical need to develop robust recycling programs and collaboration would enable the development of a regional solid waste management system that would serve the needs of all residents and take advantage of purchasing economies and other economies of scale. And I say that because while this was all going on, we've seen a huge escalation in prices for that the cities are having to deal with, particularly on recycling. They're, if they're part of the, if, when cities are part of the global, global agreement, they've been able to enjoy the current rates for disposal. Those have been le maintained very, you know, at, at a reasonable rate. What has not stayed at a reasonable rate is the cost of recycling. And, and what you've seen is a lot of cities have essentially dismantled the recycling program. And you have seen in this county, our recycling rate has plummeted like it was falling off a cliff, while the landfill rates have gone in, in an inverse relation to that. Um, so the MOU was established by the Solid Waste Working Group to collaborate on this, and discussions began. And if you can go to the next slide, please. So the ILA is essentially has been designed and with these things in mind. One to create an authority uh, between the cities and the county uh, that, would, that would be able to, um, well, I'm gonna let legal go through what all the things it can do. But it would allow for uh, them to establish flow control, and that's important. Why is that important? You can't build big facilities if you can't count on the garbage going there and the tipping fees to be able to pay for it. Uh, you also need to be able to establish a dedicated funding. Uh, a, a good example is Palm Beach. Palm Beach has a, 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 an additional charge to everybody who has a piece of land in Palm Beach, and that has allowed them to build a very, very good system. 
that they can, they can look far into the future, they can pay for their incinerators, they can pay for their recycling, they can play, pay for new ideas coming up. They're, you know, it's just a, a, a very good system. It also gives them the opportunity to be very innovative. And, and that's when I heard, um, I think it was Jairo and Stephanie talking about these things that we're, we'd like to do. We, I wish we were doing this in Broward County right now, but we're not. We're kind of rudderless at the moment in terms of how we're dealing with solid waste. We're not being anywhere near as proactive as we could be. We're maintaining, we're, we're kind of hanging in there. And, and I understand that because we're, we know we're trying to do this. But in terms of being really on the cutting edge, no, we're not. And we need to face that. But this is the opportunity to do that. Because now you would have funding that could be looking at how do you do the composting? How do you start changing plastic into goods that the county can use and that the city can use uh, in all kind of ways? And probably most, most important is that this allows us to control the disposal costs. Much like what we do with water utilities, and every year we true it up. It's not, we, there's no profit being made, but we true it up based on the costs of providing that service for water for this county. And if there's a small increase, it is absorbed by all of the users. And everybody knows exactly why that cost went up, where, where that money is gonna go, and it is transparent, and that's a good thing because then you know what the costs are and you know you can you can you know be reasonable with it. When you don't own the system, you can't do that. You really don't know what the costs are. You you know you can kind of guess, but you really don't know. I don't think we ever quite knew what the costs for doing on the RRB were. You know we we didn't know what the costs for for maintaining the incinerators were. We don't know what the costs of landfills are. We don't, because we're not doing that. And when you outsource something as important as this, you should know the costs. You should have a handle on that. And I think that's, by and large, what this is really trying to do. This is, this is us as a county and cities coming together to try to get to to reach back and pull, and pull back control of something as vital to our well-being as this. Um, so what we did, next slide please. So one of the things that we've, we've been doing while this is going on is we have, we've had parallel tracks going on so that while we're writing the ILA, we were also making sure that once it's written and once we uh, get it together, we knew what's, what, what we're looking at. Where's all the garbage coming from and what's in the garbage? Because that is going to determine what kind of MRFs you have with recycling facilities, how much, could, you know, how much compost is coming in, how much glass, how much plastic, how much is coming from commercial, how much is coming from residential, how much is coming from uh, big box, how much is coming from trailer parks, all those kind of things, so that you can set a fair rate for everybody. One that is one is 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 that we that we can um, defend, and I think I keep getting this from Drew. We have to be able to defend this, um, and, you know, defend uh, what the costs are on all of this. So, 
Um, we have been doing this. These waste generation studies are now, the county paid half of, for those studies, and the cities, based on population, have been paying for all the rest of that. So it is, those are ongoing, and we expect um, to know all of this, I think, by April of 2023, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Something, yeah. Um, Kevin knows that for sure, because he's been in the middle of all of this. And thank you, Kevin, again on this, because that was very hard to pull together, um, because that required bringing industry in and, and letting them know we're, we, we need you as a partner on this. And we asked them to be a part to help with this. So that's been going on. So with that, I'm going to toss this, the next part over to uh, Drew and his team and is going to go over what the actual legal aspects of this ILA are, as well as what the powers of authority are, and where, and where they have concerns as well. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Furr, and, and Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, we're gonna be very, very brief with this and just hit it at a high level, because we did have the opportunity to brief you uh, on this, and, uh, and then I'm gonna wrap up for two minutes and just a summary, and then hopefully back for the board discussion. Uh, I, you know Nathaniel, everyone knows Nathaniel, but I don't know that uh, uh, Matt Haber, uh, one of our, our rising stars in the office, uh, who's really uh, played a lead role in this as well, is here, and they're gonna split the presentation uh, a little bit, but uh, we're gonna keep it, uh, keep it moving along here. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Drew. The authority has several important powers. As Commissioner Furch alluded to, it will primarily be funded by special assessments that it itself will set. It also has a lot of powers to reduce the contamination rate and increase the broader uh, recycling rate. It will have the ability to set minimum standards for recycling programs, to operate its own recycling programs, and even to own and operate recycling facilities like uh, materials recovery facilities like MRFs. Uh, particularly, it will not have the ability to own or operate a solid waste disposal facility. That means it won't be able to own a waste energy site or a landfill. However, the most important power perhaps is the regional flow control power it has, which means that for the duration of the authority's existence, it will decide where solid waste is sent for disposal. The only exception to this is during the period that the county's agreement with Wind Waste Innovations is still in effect. So right now we've renewed that until July, 2028. And even if the ILA were to come into effect today, it would not be able to force us or any other municipality that's a part of that agreement to uh, violate the terms of it. So we'll still be sending our uh, solid waste to wind waste for the immediate future. The authority will be overseen by a governing board. This will be made up of elected officials from every single governmental party. So each municipal party will be appointing one of its own commissioners or council members to the governing board, and this commission will appoint a county commissioner to the governing board. From that, there will be two additional bodies that will play more of a day-to-day -day role in running the operations of this authority. The first is the executive committee. This will be made up of 11 members of the governing board. 10 of those will be municipal representatives, and one of them will be that same county commissioner from the governing board. There's also going to be an executive director of the authority. This director will have to be an employee who is not affiliated with any other governmental member of the authority. There's also, as mentioned previously, an advisory board, the technical advisory committee, 
uh, that's made up entirely of technical professional staff, such as solid waste and public works professionals, as well as uh, a legal counsel who will be appointed by the governing board and will likely be an outside firm. As mentioned also, this is a long-term agreement. The initial term is 40 years. It could potentially last for 60. And for the most part, the only opportunity to opt out of the terms of the interlocal agreement are between those contract terms. Uh, thank you. I'd like to just speak a little bit about the technical aspects of the agreement itself and some information regarding the current um, dispute and struggle that we're having. Sorry? The current struggle that uh, uh, the county and the municipalities are having with regards to one particular piece of the agreement. In most contracts, you have all of the terms set out up front. And uh, this ILA operates as a contract. It's a contract that creates an independent district. Uh, it operates as the constitution for the authority. What we also have in addition to the constitution of the authority are some other agreements that are going to have to be entered into later on. There's a master plan uh, that is adopted by the governing board that deals with the long-term operations and the goals of the authority. At the same time that the master plan would be entered into by the governing board, uh, and again, the master plan is not voted on by any of the underlying uh, cities or the county, it's the governing board itself. There's a facilities amendment that would have to be adopted by the actual elected bodies of the municipalities and of the county that deals with uh, things such as the distribution of assets the authority may have later on down the road. And many of the powers of the authority can't be exercised until this amendment to the ILA is entered into, which may be a few years down the road. In addition, as was mentioned earlier uh, by Matt, the authority does not have the, the power at its inception to own and operate a uh, solid waste disposal facility. And the agreement provides for uh, another amendment, which is an authority-owned disposal facility amendment. It is optional, and it can only, uh, the authority can only operate and own a solid waste disposal facility if that amendment is entered into by the requisite number of parties. So here's the, the current rub as we see it in terms of where the ILA sits right now. At the inception of the discussions regarding the ILA, uh, county staff and our office had suggested that all of those particular issues, ownership of disposal facilities and, disposal, uh, and, and, and the disposition of disposal facilities be addressed up front in the ILA. The working group uh, was not amenable to doing that and wanted to have those decisions deferred down the road, potentially a few years, at or around the time that the master plan is entered into. Um, in consultation with county staff and obviously with Commissioner Furr, we moved forward and agreed that we could push these issues that would normally be handled up front in the contract down the road on the condition that various parts of the agreements those subsequent agreements would have to be approved by a certain percentage of the members from the municipalities plus the county representative. And we drafted the ILA based on that understanding. Um, at one of the last meetings of the Solid Waste Working Group, there was a suggestion that was uh, approved by the working group as a whole to change uh, that provision in the agreement, and it's in several different places, so that 
over the county's objection or without the county governing board members or this body's approval, things like the facilities amendment and the uh, amendment that would allow the authority to have the power to own, operate, own and operate disposal facilities uh, could be done over our objection. Why does this create a potential issue? It's statutory. The county has a unique obligation under Florida law to provide for disposal capacity for all, all, all of Broward County, the incorporated and unincorporated areas. That is uh, not something that this independent district has as a matter of statute without the county's approval. And because of those statutory obligations, if we entered into the ILA as it currently exists, the draft ILA allows the cities to override the county's vote regarding uh, disposal facilities. So if 100% of the cities that are members of the governing board uh, vote in favor of something uh, after the county representative has voted against it, um, we would proceed forward as if without regard to the fact that the county had objected to it. It would come to this body and only by, as it's currently drafted, a supermajority vote, uh, six members of the county commission could then override the override, for lack of a better description. So what are the consequences of this? Uh, as an example, if the authority sold disposal facility assets or uh, agreed to distribute proceeds to its members or it failed to uh, maintain disposal facilities, it's not just that the county would have financial risk, there could be a financial exposure to all residents of Broward County. So for example, uh, the county could be obligated to locate new disposal sites for excess waste on a very quick basis. We may be forced to be in a situation where we're the only party left to repair and operate disposal facilities. Uh, there could be allegations that the county has violated its statutory obligations. And uh, most of all, the county could be forced to contract for disposal capacity at high spot market rates unlike the negotiated rates that we currently have, for example, under our agreement with wind waste. Uh, and again, lastly, uh, as was mentioned by Commissioner Furr earlier, the Solid Waste uh, Working Group has requested that we provide feedback on the ILA no later than October 14th so that negotiations can continue forward. We're going to be receiving feedback, presumably, from all of the cities or a majority of the cities and uh, from the hopefully from the county as well. Uh, I have nothing further on this, so Drew, if you wanted to. Thank you, Nathaniel and Madden. I'm going to be extremely brief, uh, one, again, because we did have the opportunity to brief you all on this. One thing just to make clear, uh, this provision that everyone is finding problematic, uh, county administration finds it problematic, the, the lawyers find it problematic, uh, and Commissioner Furr, as your representative on the working group, also voted against it. It was an eight-to-one vote by the cities. Uh, that are on the working group, and they did change things at the last minute. Uh, there are a lot of advantages to being at the table with the municipalities on this. A lot of advantages, some of which we've already realized. First of all, flow control is absolutely essential. Uh, and the easiest, most efficient way to get to flow control uh, is by common agreement. So, uh, you know, that's a big, big plus of sitting at the table and trying to get this worked out. Uh, we also maximize our buying power. We, we don't know if we're gonna build facilities, we're gonna have a giant publicly owned facility like they have in Palm Beach County. We might have the need, we might not. We might offer, maybe there are P3 alternatives. Maybe there are other ways of looking at this where we can do this efficiently by buying private capacity and expanding existing private capacity. We don't know what the answers to those questions are yet, 
we don't even know what all of the questions are yet uh, because we don't have the studies back before us. But what do we know? We know that by coming together uh, with Commissioner Furr's leadership and, and a number of folks who were sitting in the audience today, we were able to bring enough waste to exercise another option under the global amendment that I had the, the privilege of, of negotiating with, with the county administration folks uh, back seven or eight years ago. And that puts us in very good position uh, through uh, the end of June, beginning of July of 2028, which gives us time to sort these things out. So another huge advantage is sticking together with, this, with the municipalities and making sure we have that buying power. Another huge exam advantage, as has been mentioned, is recycling. Recycling right now is, is in a difficult state. Recycling is very, very expensive, and in order to make it viable, it needs to be as efficient as possible. You need collaboration in order, in order to do that. So for all of those reasons, uh, and I know, and I'm not trying to put words in Monica's mouth or Kevin's uh, mouth, but we did discuss this you know, in, in detail, and I think we all concur, and I, I know Commissioner Furr wants to proceed along this path and try and get things worked out. We believe we should be at the table and try to bring back a deal that this board may find acceptable. But unfortunately, what's before you today, for the reasons that have been stated, really, this uh, one particular issue, which Nathaniel covered, and I'm going to drill down again in a, in a second, is not that deal. Uh, we need to work on the deal, and we need to refine that. We hit the roadblock when the municipal uh, voting group members voted to include language uh, that would impede the counties and county commissions, specifically uh, statutory powers regarding the establishment of facilities such as waste energy plants or landfills. The reason the legislature gave the county greater powers in that regard is because the legislature also made the county responsible. That's not a responsibility the municipalities have. The county is responsible to make sure that there are adequate disposal facilities in place for everybody in the county, uh, whether it's an incorporated area or unincorporated. And if decisions on key things, whether it has to do with development or operations of landfills or waste energy plants, end up being wrong, the county commission may have to step in, and Nathaniel had a slide in there that, that specified what may happen, we may have to financially backstop things uh, there may be environmental exposure. And if we end up buying capacity on the spot market at very high rates, which could happen, then we know who's going to get blamed for it. And it ought to be the folks who get to make the decision that, you know, and hopefully all decisions will work out. But uh, the power and the responsibility go hand in hand under statute. And it's our recommendation that they, that they remain hand in hand. So in summary, our recommendation is that we get back and sit down and we have uh, Great lawyers, great staff people, uh, and great uh, elected officials on both sides of this, or on multi-sides, because it's not a split. Everyone's in this together. And we get back, we sit around a table, we try to hammer out an agreement that makes sense. This has many elements of a really good agreement. It really does. We can build upon that, but we believe, and it's our recommendation, that the agreement would expressly preserve, without in any way diluting it, the county's statutory power as a regional government you know, this authority would be another regional government, uh, governmental entity created by an ILA. They don't have to make the decision as far as waste energy plants uh, and as far as uh, whether to establish landfills. It should be made collaboratively, but there is already a regional government charged under statute with making that decision. That happens to be this government, the Broward County Commission. Uh, so hopefully we can get that worked out. And if for whatever reason we can't, it doesn't mean we can't fully work together 
uh, where our interests are aligned. So unless there are questions, thank you. Thank you, Drew. I, I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna open it. I have a queue started with Vice Mayor Fisher. And we'll no, be that's fine, I'll, I'll get in the queue. Okay, so I have Fisher, then Moskowitz, then Geller, and then we'll probably go right, and then Ryan, then I guess Rich, and then I'll speak, and then I'll let Commissioner Fur close. Uh, thank you, Mayor, and um, some of it has been said, and some of it also needs to be repeated, and I appreciate uh, the municipalities and their hard work, Mr. Cole, for his, all his efforts, and, and Drew, your team, to to come to some resolution, and I think we're going to get there. I really do, and I have <clears throat> firm belief that we will. You know, there are multiple advantages in obviously working with the municipalities and the combined tonnage and the joint purchasing power provides the leverage, obviously, for the best terms for the private disposable capacity. And it's already been mentioned, I think, uh, through Commissioner Furr, that uh, obviously several cities have stock recycling just due to the high costs. Uh, involved and so one of the things as a municipal leader too it was residents were always confused what is recyclable and that was always an issue that we dealt with and and the contamination rates increased and which equaled of course recycling uh, at a low rate but I think together we can create the regional standards uh, and the uniform rules for all of our residents to understand I think that's key and it's always mentioned by the, the League of Women Voters speaker, I believe, that the provides the economies of scale that we're looking at as well, having the large group of participants to lower the cost, which obviously equals the greater buy-in. And I, too, want to uh, reemphasize that we need to remain at the table with the municipalities and to work together for all interests so we can be fully aligned at the end of the day. Um, but I also think, uh, in listening to Drew and to Nathaniel and to our team, that you know we need to look hard as a board to at the LAs to make sure we do preserve our our, our role uh, as the regional governing body. And statutory obligations means statutory obligations uh, related to the solid waste disposal facility and capacity. And as Mayor Ross said, you know we need to do it for all of our residents and our businesses as well. So we, you know, we need to decide, and I, I think it's prudent that you know, we need to preserve our decision rights as a simple majority. I, I'd hate to get in that supermajority mode, and I know the, the cities are up for that, but that simple majority vote on the key expenses, as we talked about on the projects, including the construction of the new waste energy plants or even establishing landfills, I think we need to look hard at that. Um, I'm not sure that Broward County, you know, we don't want to be forced into expensive decisions by the authority without having, you know, a say-so at the end of the day to the table. So that kind of concerns me as well. So if we get to that proposal, that prudent proposal that I think we can really get to, um, you know, facts regarding the cost, uh, Commissioner Furr and, and the needs uh, is very key. So. Obviously, I want to support the authority on that, but I think we obviously have a little more work to do. And once that proposal comes forward, um, but I just don't know if we can simply just give up our authority now until we have everything uh, in place. So, and, and obviously, too, the crystal ball question is how many municipalities will actually sign up. And if you talk to other municipalities, especially one of the larger ones, we have to get their buy-in, too. And so if they don't, that creates a, a hardship, I think, at the end of the day for everybody. Um, I like Mayor Ross's words, it's liquid, 
and it's, it's a movable document, and, and I like to, um, again, reinforce that let's get back to the table, let's continue to work together as a team to make it happen. But I think the board needs to be concerned with those issues I brought forward and what you actually brought forward, too. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Mayor. N next, we have Commissioner Moskowitz. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Uh, and since the Vice Mayor put it so eloquently, thanking everyone uh, for working on it, I'll skip that part. Uh, so, you know, we a lot of the time up here are outraged when the legislature takes away our statutory authority without our approval. Um, and it's happened more and more. So for us now to enter in a document where we're going to weaken other statutory authority that we are granted, we should find as outrageous. Um, I understand we have the ability to say yes or no, but I, I think we should say no. And I know this is just, we're not voting on anything today. Uh, and we should stay in the working group and we should try to find a deal. But I think the commission should be unequivocal. I think we should send a letter to the Solid Waste Working Group and we should say that we look forward to continuing discussions, we look forward to having the dialogue, but we're not going to agree to any deal that weakens the county's statutory authority. We don't speak individually, right? We can't bind, we speak as a body. Uh, and our words in the microphone are helpful, but they are not the body. I think we should really speak as a body, saying we wanna make this work, but if you're gonna take away our statutory authority, that's, that's, a, that's a deal breaker. So those are the balance of my comments. Thank you, Commissioner. I next have Senator Geller, followed by Ryan. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and I will have some questions to the county attorney so I can floor, better understand this also. First, I would like to agree with a lot of the speakers that we've had, I think everybody here and everybody out there agrees that this would be much better if we can find common ground because of larger purchasing power. We all agree, I believe, we need to do a better job on recycling, which we can do with one big agreement. So in principle, I think you know all of us are in agreement, but the devil is in the details and Personally speaking, I think the devil is in these details, um, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I have a number of questions, County Attorney, and I guess they're to you, but if you need to lateral to some of your other attorneys, that's okay. Um, I'm trying, did I hear somebody say that this authority would not control the solid waste disposal facilities, which I believe includes landfills or incinerators. Is that correct? It's absent amendment. Abs absent an amendment, the authority doesn't have the power to uh, do that. However, that is one of the amendments where there's the potential for an override of uh, the county not agreeing to it. Okay. And I'm looking at the power of the authority on this chart. Um, the one with the nine boxes on it, starting with special assessments, direct the flow of waste. Um, if the authority isn't controlling the landfill or the incinerator, where would they be directing the flow of waste? And can they say, all right, county, since you're running this, we are directing that it go to you, and we're gonna set the tipping fees. And I'm, 
I'm trying to understand how this works. Yes, and I mean, the, the county has the uh, statutory authority to designate facilities to, to basically receive waste. Uh, we're responsible for making sure that there's capacity that exists. So there will be facilities that are available, whether they're newly developed facilities or existing facilities, that this waste can be directed to. But uh, if the authority has the authority or power to set tipping fees and we have to send it someplace because we can't reach any agreement where it's twice as expensive, how does the authority get to set the tipping fees on something that the disposal could be double or triple, arguably what what it is? Can they say, great, we'll set the tipping fees at $1 per month per resident? I mean, I, I just don't understand how this works. This, this is, I mean, this is all shorthand in here. Yep. Uh, we tried to, we crammed a lot into a limited amount of time, but the bottom line is, the tipping fees, and, and you know, the agreement will reflect this, uh, the tipping fees have to be significant enough that they can pay the cost of the disposal. This is not like a, a kind of a put option where they, they just get to say, all right, we'll set it whatever we want, and the county's got to deal with it, and whatever the delta is, the county has to pay for it. The municipalities are responsible for ensuring uh, that, that the waste is disposed of properly. We're responsible for making sure facilities are available. I don't believe the statute gets into cost level, but it has to be enough. There has to be a, the, you know, it's the available space and, and the price will reflect uh, space. How clear is that? If, if they get to set the tipping fees, how clear is it? Or are we just setting ourselves up for litigation? Uh, no, we, we, I, I can assure you, Senator Geller, and I, I do not know every nook and cranny of this ILA. The ILA is still is cooking, but I can assure you that that what you just said would not end up being a problem. Okay. Um, can I ask, you, we have a governing board and an executive committee. Um, what... I see the powers of the authority, which I presume would be uh, would be acted on by either the governing board or the executive committee, sometimes the executive committee with approval by the governing board. What authority does the county have to override any of these nine boxes? So, uh, Senator, the, again, to, to your initial part of your question, the executive committee is really, uh, along with the executive director, handling more of the day-to-day -day operations. The governing board is only required to meet, uh, uh, I think it's two times a year. Okay. So uh, there are only uh, very specific areas where the county's approval, either from its member of the executive committee, from its member of the governing board, or by this body was required. Those are those major decisions, the first of which being the facilities amendment, uh, which deals with the disposition of assets primarily of the authority, the uh, subsequent uh, uh, amendment to the ILA that provides the power to own and operate facilities, and then certain major amendments to the master plan. Um, but there's no uh, general power of the county um, in terms of uh, approval on each and every uh, decision that's made by the governing board. It's only on those major decisions that truly impact the county statutory obligations, and that's what it was limited to. Okay. Well, here is my concern, and I don't know. Uh, again, I need to learn a little bit more. 
on the details, I understand in general, but here, here's my concern. I have heard every member of this commission at one time or another complain about the MPO uh, with the issue that the MPO county has, how many people do we have on that? Out of how many? Okay. I've heard every commissioner here publicly at, on the dais complain about the county's lack of representation and, you know, that perhaps we made mistakes when that was set up. To me, although the governing board would have presumably, what is it, 31 uh, municipal members? or 30 or 32, uh, Lazy Lake, I guess, would not be. So let's assume it's around it to 30. And one county commissioner, to me, that sounds like we may just, might as well not have a county commissioner. And the same as on the executive committee, where, and candidly, the fact that at the working group changed the vote over the objection of the county to go from a majority override to a supermajority override, I think kind of proves my point. Um, you wanting to say something? Please, please do. Well, I mean, the MPO is, is something we have to do. The composition is established. Right. This is, uh, this would be an agreement among the willing and except on those areas where the county has unique powers and responsibilities, and we've already covered those, we're really wearing a, a second hat there, and we're representing the uh, BMSD in wanting the same things for those residents that the municipalities want for their residents, which is effective and efficient recycling, good disposal rates, and environmental you know, uh, assurances, et cetera. So th I think there's been a lot less concern about being just one of a number of members that can be outvoted on those other issues, and that's why it's become extremely clear that you know where we need to preserve our regional power. I, I understand what you're saying, but um, right now the county would have to be controlling the landfill and the incinerator because that could change. But right now the authority will not have any authority over solid waste disposal facilities. Right now, when the, we were doing all of the studies, the county paid half of it, while the municipalities paid half. The county has the statutory authority to be in charge, and I am not eager to set up a group where the county may as well not be there at all if we are one vote out of 30 or one vote out of 11, it, it, we are an insignificant player, despite the fact that I think we will be the ultimately the deep pocket and seen by the authority as, you know, as the deep pocket here. And I would feel much more comfortable, and I'm not saying, you know, over my cold dead body will I be doing anything, but I'm just saying right now I'm not comfortable with setting up something where the county is an insignificant player. I think if the county has been paying half of everything and the county will presumably, at least for the reasonably foreseeable future, control a landfill and or incinerator that 
and I think we should be full and equal partners with the cities, as we have been in paying, that on the authority, however this be done, that the authority, the, these appear to be very substantial powers. I am not comfortable with the county completely giving up our powers and having one of 11 or one of 31 is completely giving up our authority over these. And I think it should be, we should approach this, that we would be full and equal partners with the cities, that neither the cities nor the county can do any, you know, anything over the objection of the other. In general, we should, if we, you know, I'm not suggesting the county should have greater power. I don't think the cities should have greater power. I'm suggesting that we, the votes on the governing board or the executive committee should be essentially split 50-50, um, like we've been splitting the cost, because otherwise I just see us giving up, ceding all of the authority that we have right now to the cities while remaining the statutorily responsible group and being the ones that have been paying a lot and the ones that have, will be controlling the landfill and the incinerator. I, I do not understand. I think we all agree on the end goal, but I don't understand why this commission would voluntarily give up all of our authority, and that's what we're doing if we're one out of 30. Thank you, Senator. Our next speaker is Commissioner Ryan. This issue's been around for, I don't know, since, since I came on the commission in 2012. And um, we've been very, very slow in, in working out a resolution uh, initially with um, what the obligations were of the, uh, the county and the cities, you know, when the, um, when the old governance structure was, um, was um, you know, sunsetted. So, um, you know, the long-term goal of, of the county is to uh, provide for uh, solid waste disposal and really um, to increase our recycling. It's been, it's been discussed for, for a long time about um, what the opportunities are for recycling, what the goals are, uh, but, you know, some, some of the... Um, uh, interested parties really don't want to talk about what the cost is. And um, it, it, in, it involves a lot of uh, education and uh, incentives for both residential and commercial customers to, to you know, build these recycling programs where we can uh, essentially, you know, minimize the solid waste flow and... Um, and, and get more recyclables. I mean, this is what we talk about, about protecting the environment, and it, it goes a long way. So um, the cities have the, um, the solid waste flow capacity, and, and the county can't really move forward without, you know, the city's participation. But is it an adequate incentive for the cities if the county is to say, um, um, enter into long-term contracts for um, the solid waste uh, flow, the, the disposal, and then 
you know, the county working with the cities can, can, can collaboratively um, negotiate contracts with, um, you know, private parties, uh, whether it is, um, you know, the incinerators that we have off 441 at Griffin Road, or whether it's, uh, you know, working with the, uh, uh, the landfill site, you know, uh, up to the north in the county, uh, or actually, you know, initiating a major um, um, solid waste uh, facility that, that we could out at our, um, you know, Southwest Broward County landfill. I mean, those are, those are our options, and obviously the Alpha 250 site, you know, can be a component of it. Uh, but um, I just don't see how the county can, um, can enter into a, um, uh, an interlocal agreement uh, where uh, the county um, offers to basically uh, subsidize recycling <laughs> so that we can reduce the solid waste uh, flow, increase recycling, and, and it's going to cost money. It, it's not a, uh, a zero-sum game, and it's not a, uh, it's not a situation um, where it's, it's cost-neutral. So the issue for the county is, do we want to undertake that uh, financial uh, obligation long-term? Um, and in exchange, I mean, uh, what control does the county have with regard to, you know, our current facilities and uh, expansion and, and use of those facilities, um, both, you know, acquisition and, and the use. Um, so this ILA, you know, needs some work. We're talking about a what a forty-year agreement with ten-year options for renewal. I mean, I just don't see um, that that coming to pass unless um, we work, rework the agreement on the um, the governance uh, component. And uh, I mean, the county has significant statutory obligations. You know, under under state law, I mean, we have to provide for uh, capacity for all of the um, disposal of the waste generated in a county with two million citizens and a very, you know, robust commercial industrial base. So um, uh, we're going to, I suppose we're going to continue to work on this. Yep. And, um, you know, I've, I've said before, the trade-off is if we give the cities a financial incentive about allowing them to um, leverage um, their um, their strength, which is they have all of the flow. All we have is the unincorporated area, just a, what two or three percent of the population, and you know, and in exchange, uh, the county, you know, has to be quite frank that that we would be willing to uh, to subsidize um, a component, a percentage of the recycling program, because we really, really want to drive up as close to seventy-five percent uh, as possible with the recycling program. So, you know, maybe, you know, at some point we like just, you know, hypothetically uh, talk about numbers and, you know, how much would the county be putting in, you know, in exchange for these long-term agreements on the flow. And, um, and then, you know, when we get close to what the real, you know, market conditions are with a private entity, uh, wheel operator, waste manager, whomever, and, uh, and we can't come to terms with them, you know, as long as we, we know where our, um, where our contract um, dates terminate now, we can make plans to uh, to provide for um, the county 
to uh, to actually um, work towards the uh, construction of facilities out in in West Broward as necessary in order to um, you know protect that um, the ability to dispose of solid waste and uh, hopefully you, we're going to get there. I do I do want to say this. I, I think that uh, a lot of of credit is is deserved by uh, Commissioner Fur. I've you know many many times you know bragged about him being the Broward County um, the League of Cities liaison to the Broward County Commission and he does a wonderful job you know at the county level and is so so you know thoughtfully uh, sensitive to the, the issues and uh, you know what the goals are of the cities so I you know say to you again being you know keep up the good work may take you a few more months but you're getting a lot closer and uh, Hopefully, I think the commission uh, recognizes where we want to go, and and uh, uh, we'll get there. But we, we have to be, you know, obviously very, very careful with an agreement, you know, of, of this duration, and uh, the the major, major contractual obligations that the county will have in the coming decades. Thank you, Commissioner Senator Rich, and then I'll follow up, and okay. then I'll get to be close. Thank you. Close. I guess we're all pretty much yeah. saying the same thing, but um, I just want to uh, just go on record. Um, so my, my first thing I want to say is, and we do sometimes, you know, kind of joke about uh, you're being the, the garbage guru or whatever the words are, but I, I just want to say I, the, the, your commitment to this and working, um, you know, with all the cities and the cities working with you, uh, I, I just, I think it's meant so much to us as a commission to have you in this position of doing this thing. No, I, I know. I didn't, I didn't see anybody volunteering, however. <laughs> right, right, right. So um, I just want to say when, uh, when Beam read before, Commissioner Fur read before what the MOU states, I mean, this is what we all agree on. There's a critical need to develop robust recycling programs and collaboration would enable the development of a regional solid waste management system that would serve the needs of all residents. Uh, and take advantage of purchasing economies and other economies of scale. You know, those, de those details are great. Um, and I guess that's what we have to move towards. But I am in agreement with my um, fellow commissioners uh, with regard to the fact that um, the county is the regional government. Uh, we have unique obligations, uh, statutory obligations, and, um, uh, and uh, the legislature has given that power uh, you know, to the county. Um, I think um, when I look at the uh, the consequences of that are listed here, some of them of the cities overriding the county's vote, uh, it, it concerns me ob obviously because um, uh, we're the stopgap. Uh, we are the deep pocket. Um, if uh, you know, there's a, a a repair that needs to be done. If there are you know new disposal sites for you know that have to be located if the county could be forced to contract for disposal capacity at higher rates and to me it just says that when the residents of Broward County are going to be exposed to financial risk the county is going to end up picking up the tab um, so I just believe that we cannot give up that statutory uh, right that we have um, I've, I feel very strongly that we need to keep collaborating. Um, I believe we can come up with a, with a final solution that works for everybody. I'm hoping that we can. Um, I also feel we have to take a look at this. We need to, I believe, able, we need to be able to own our own facilities. 
Uh, I think um, that's been shown by the past when uh, things have been sold and and then we didn't have control. As was mentioned, the the costs have risen have risen uh, to such a, a high level that it would be uh, kind of uh, not prudent of us to to maybe not look at having uh, our own facilities. Um, I think we should continue to work on the deal, and um, I think hopefully the study will inform some of our decisions, um, but that's kind of, you know, where I am. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Very briefly, because I'm not going to repeat everything, my uh, overriding theme on this is I know that we have to get to a deal. We need to get a deal because the the, the, the garbage is real. We, we know where the population lies. We know where the garbage is coming from. But regardless of that fact, we need to get to a deal because if we don't, the private sector is going to eat us alive on this as we move forward in the future. And that's what happened towards the end last time. They're sitting around. They haven't even really weighed in and started picking us apart because I, I'm sure they figured we would pick ourselves apart on our own uh, until we before we even got to them. Um, so I understand um, the, the, the county's regional responsibility. I think it's pretty clear that we're not going to give up our regional responsibility as a county board. There's not going to be five votes up here to give up that regional responsibility. Um, this is the letter. I mean, they're getting the letter right now, but I, they, they, the people that are here need, that need to hear this are hearing this. But that being said, we need to get to a deal on this because it's the residents in the, they, they don't care what regional municipal government. They want to be able to throw their garbage out. They want to be able to drive by landfills that aren't, you know, growing in size, you know, year over year. They want to figure out a way to get back to recycling. Residents talk to me about that all the time, even though they don't understand how it's being done correctly now. Um, the idea of composting with our, with, with our organic materials is huge that we should be looking at. I know in Senator Geller's in, in the South Florida Regional Planning Group, the idea of using um, this, some of this can be turned into sand. There's a lot of different things that we can be doing uh, if we can put this group together. So I'd like us to stay at the table to try and come up with something. There needs to be a better deal with the county's representation since we have all the burden statutorily. I don't know if it has to be 50-50, but it needs to be much better than one out of 11 and one out of 31, as far as I'm concerned. Those are my comments. I'm not going to do a second round. I'm going to close with Commissioner uh, Furr, and then we can, there's no vote really needed on this. It's just a discussion. Right. And uh, thank you all, because this, you, you've actually echoed many of the statements I actually said when we were present, when this one part was being presented. Uh, because I, you know, I, I've been a city commissioner, and when I was a city commissioner, I thought my main concern was, did somebody pick up the garbage? And that was it. I never had to think about it again. In, the, in these shoes, I have to think of where it's going, and not only where it's going, but what's going to happen to it for now and for years and years to, to come. In fact, I, I just got a, uh, I think I would mentioned this at our meeting, I, I wanted to know, with regard to the landfill, how much leachate, that's, a, that's garbage juice for those who don't know what it is. How much garbage, how much garbage juice comes out of- That's not a leachy martini, is yeah, it? Yeah, leachy, leachy be. martini. Better not be. How much garbage juice comes out of the landfill every year that we have to treat? Every year, 12 million gallons. 
That's what's going to keep, we, we constantly have to keep doing that. That's just for the landfill. We have our own landfill that we have to treat. And, and that, is, that is a result of the RRB that we are forever required to do that. So we have, we're looking at things a little differently. When I listen, when I, just a couple comments. Um, Senator Geller, when you talked about the approval part, the one part about, the, the one thing that Nathaniel was talking about that, that required the approval of the county and the governing board. You don't need 10 county commissioners on the, or nine county commissioners on that board if all you have to do is say on approval. So you only need one, but the county has to approve. And, that, and the reason we put that in there, and that was in there while this was being debated, there was an agreement while this was all going on, we will delay on the master plan. We, you know, we wanted to put, as a county, we wanted to have all this solid in the ILA. But the reality is it's kind of hard to foresee all the future stuff for a master plan. So we said, we're going we're gonna to hold off on doing that, knowing that we have to approve whatever comes up. We put, we put forth on the facilities on whatever we would be building, whether it's a MRF or recycling, a waste energy plant, compost, whatever. We said we don't know what we're going to be building yet. So we're going to put that aside, knowing that we have that approval built in on the front end, in the ILA. Mr. Mayor, at 1229, and move we extend till however long you want. Okay, let, let's extend. I think if we can I mean, get, yeah, I'm not going to be very long. All right, and then we'll do another 15 minutes after okay. this item, and we can probably knock off most of the agenda. Okay. okay. And, and especially with regard to ownership and operation of the facilities, we knew that we would have, we would have a, an approval on that. And so, so we kept going along with the ILA based on that. That is a very big assumption that we were, that we were <laughs> continuing on through this ILA. I was very, I'll just say I was very disappointed in the last two weeks when that changed. And that, and it, and it was asked that there, there be an override. And my question to the cities is what do you, what are you afraid we are going to say no to? Because what we're really going to, what we're probably going to be doing is agreeing on almost all of this stuff. We already have studies that show what need to be done. The Arcata study already shows we're going to be needing probably another waste energy plant. We're going to be needing five MRFs. We're going to be needing all these things. It puts it out there. So there's no big, you know, when we're trying to do a master plan, it's not like we don't have a pretty good idea what it is. And these are things that we're, bringing, we're going to be saying yes to because we need them. So there's going to be approval on most of that stuff. And so that's... That's why we need to go, I, I really think we need to go back to the original language on it that allowed for us to, as you said, Senator Geller, it's, an, it's, a, it's a partnership. And, we, and we're agreeing, the cities are agreeing, counties approving, and it's an approval process. But we need to both approve on it because, you know, we, we've got different obligations here and, we've got, and we know we're going to be looking at it for years and years to come no matter what happens. Um, when Commissioner Ryan's talking about assessment or, or money, 
The, I, think, I think most of the solid waste working group, and I would say most of the cities, recognize, and, we've, and when, we, when uh, Mayor Ross and I went to all the cities and met with all the city commissions, we mentioned there was what we were, the idea was probably to be doing assessments on portfolios, not for the bat, not for the county for the coming out of general fund of the county, but and this is and when you mention MPO, there's a big difference here, and let me let me make a distinction here. One, we have all the county does all the main roads, and we have that we do have a big responsibility there. Um, but with regard to garbage, we 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 have hardly any of it. We have, we, have, we have almost less than 1%. So, you know, this is, it's a little bit different. A better example is actually the Children's Services Council. And here's why. What, what, is, what is needed right now is a group that is focused just on this. That, is, that has dedicated funding, that can determine the funding and the programs for this county. The Children's Services Council has a dedicated funding. We had our own children's services board here, and we still do. But it does it is it has never in its wildest dreams ever thought that it could do what everything that the Children's Services Council is doing. Children's Services Council is a monumental success on 20 different levels. Because it has been able to focus, it has been able to take that funding, create programs where it's needed, and been nimble to do that. What we need is an entity that is able to do that, that has the dedicated funding, that has the focus, and that can create those, those kind of programs in this, in this county. That's the difference between MPO and what this would be, because that, that's night and day in, in my mind on this. So I think I would like to, I, hopefully the Solid Waste Working Group has had a chance to hear this. I, you know, I think we need to go back to the original language that was there because the entire rest of the ILA was written based on that. It was written with, as Nathaniel has said and Matt has said, with the idea and it, with those assumptions that these would be dealt with later and that we would preserve our need for approval on that. There's a real need for that. I felt it, I feel it in my bones on that. I think the rest of the county commission feels that. And the rest of the, and I think we, I think we get going immediately on that. I think that part is the only part that is really holding us back. And it, and it doesn't need to hold us back. Because I'll say it again, I don't think you need to be afraid of what we're not going to approve. We want, we want the same things that the city want in this. We're trying to get to the same place. We're trying. We're trying to create a system that we all can be proud of. That that we do act as good stewards for the rest of the uh, for our, our children and their children's children. So. Thank, thank you, Beam. Yep. That closes this item. So there was no action needed on this item. So we've had our discussion for now. That brings us to agenda item number 55, which is a motion to approve the second amendment to the managing general contractor agreement. Uh, for the judicial complex on, in the South Broward Courthouse. I have a motion. Commissioner. Uh, I want to make uh, brief comments on that um, um, appropriation. There, previously, uh, there had been um, a contract that was entered into with Stiles Pirtle 
um, after uh, Tudor Perini's uh, work on the construction of the West Tower at the uh, main courthouse facility. Um, you know, we had some issues there and uh, uh, broke away on the, uh, terminated that contract and then moved on. And um, there's been a number of improvements. We had a courthouse construction task force meeting last Friday uh, that was, you know, very successful and, and uh, informative on the um, progress that we've made on uh, the, uh, the, the central courthouse, on the um, northern wing, the eastern wing, and um, the demolition of the old uh, uh, western wing that uh, will now be part of a uh, secure parking garage, a 500 space garage. With regard to the south satellite courthouse, uh, that is a, um, a project that's on a five-year capital plan. The old courthouse, which was built in the 1970s, is now obsolete and uh, you know, needs to be demolished. And uh, the city of Hollywood had come up with a proposal of um, a land swap where the old uh, Hollywood Police Department is on Hollywood Boulevard across from, from the uh, Sears Mall and um, um, convey that property to Broward County and in exchange the current site of the South Satellite Courthouse would be um, title transferred over to City Hollywood for their development which may be you know a, a mixed use of, of retail and residential with a, um, a component for affordable housing that might be uh, very helpful in that area of Hollywood. So um, we're working through um, some, uh, you know, conceptual plans. There's negotiations between the city of Hollywood and Broward County that's in its kind of a inception. So I just wanted the members to know that we'll probably hear something back in about um, uh, two or three months and, um, you know, then go from there. But Hollywood is really seems to be very motivated in uh, in uh, this this land transfer because uh, the Hollywood Police Department um, they're going to soon be demolishing the uh, the old building right on Hollywood Boulevard and they'll replace it on a on a parcel of land that is very very close to where the current site is um, on uh, Park Road and just a little bit to the south of uh, Hollywood Boulevard so. More information we'll have on that in about three months, but I, um, I also, um, you know, in, in favor of uh, this item, and I'll second the motion on item 55. All right, so it's been moved and seconded. I have Commissioner Bogan and then Commissioner Furr. Commissioner Bogan, you're recognized. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I, just wanted, I just wanted to thank the uh, county administrator and her team for focusing on uh, issues at the South Courthouse and really appreciate them uh, stepping up and and uh, and taking uh, the necessary action over there. So I just wanted to thank uh, Monica and, and, and your team for uh, moving forward on that. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Farr. Thanks. I just want to com commend uh, Commissioner Ryan and Bogan, whoever's been working on this and kind of moving this along. It's a great idea. Um, and I know this for the city. And I know um, Judge Tudor, everybody likes this idea because it gives them a chance to build somewhere else and they don't have to have all kind of misplacement. Um, I talked to the city manager of Hollywood. You know, it's, we're, it's obviously in its infancy stage of discussion, but I think, they're, I think everybody's pretty excited about it. It's in a good place. It gives us a good chance to do some other housing in, in, in that area. So it's, um, you know, we obviously we can't talk about it, Commissioner Ryan and I, but I'm glad, I'm glad he's made some good overtures there and was able to kind of get the ball rolling on that. I think it's, a, I think it's 
good for everybody. Mon Monica had a comment, and then uh, Commissioner Geller had a question. Go ahead, Monica. Um, Senator Geller, please go right ahead. I just had a quick question for anyone. What are the respective sizes of the two parcels? Are they about can, the same size? I, I can, well. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the current site's about four and a half acres where the South Satellite Courthouse is right now. You know, of course, it's on Hollywood Boulevard. I know. Just a couple I, blocks. I used to represent that for 20 years. I know where the courthouse is, where the police station is. It's near the golf course. You're, you're not still representing defendants on traffic ticket cases there, are you? Um, actually, <laughs> actually, the only time I went in to defend a you, you, ticket you, you, there you walked into was that one, Steve. when I mean, somebody you know. was charged uh, when President Trump was in town with a noise violation. <laughs> I, I was surprised. <laughs> the judge threw out the ticket. I was I surprised. that was the flag case. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, and... Uh, are they about and, the, and then the site? The site that is being... Um, where they're demoing the current Hollywood Police Department, when you include that current site for the police department building and also the uh, the driving range that's just to the south of it, it's about seven and a half acres. So it's a great opportunity for the county to pick up a larger site. And uh, Mayor Josh Levy had indicated that he was very amenable to, uh, you know, a land swap of our four and a half for uh, Hollywood seven and a half. You know, provided, of course, that we're going to provide some, you know, ancillary services that will be a bit of benefit to South County. So it's been a very positive uh, discussion so far. and It would allow us to, you know, to combine maybe, you know, some other components of, uh, of the clerk's office, of maybe, um, you know, some components of um, the, uh, um, you know, supervisor of elections and maybe some of our health and human services uh, um Division. So, more to more to come soon. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I wanted to hit on a couple of things. I probably could have answered most of those questions too, and and what I was going to say. So, thank you, Commissioner Ryan. I, you uh, um, covered most of all of those comments. So, um, as the uh, commission has um, seen, we did receive that proposal officially for the first time on Thursday evening, and it was presented Friday um, at the the task force. Our team is immediately um, diving in and taking a look at that. There's a, a lot of work that needs to take place. We're going to start doing appraisals on the two properties. Um, obviously, the seven and a half acres, um, being that it is a golf course, there's going to be some uh, environmental assessments uh, that need to take place and uh, possibly, you know, some remediation. We're going to be looking at all of the body of work. Um, we're excited about the opportunity. We're, we're looking through. Um, some possibilities there because it will give us an opportunity to do some additional governmental services such as human services um, and, and the like. So um, we're looking through that. Um, Commissioner Bogan mentioned some issues that we're having at the, uh, the existing uh, satellite complex on the south uh, and, and south there and um, we are working through that Commissioner um, very expeditiously and judiciously and I wanted to uh, just give a shout out to Trevor Fisher, our public works director, um, who has been on top of this uh, uh, immediately as soon as it was all uh, these additional concerns are brought to our attention. Um, and um, I wanted lastly to, to uh, point out that this item in front of you, number 55, is a second amendment for the uh, general contacting agreement. Um, this is an estimated GMP. Um, I would have had it on consent were it not for 
uh, just making sure you all were aware of the conversations we're having with the city of Hollywood. Um, but this, uh, this amendment will um, be needed regardless of what site we, we uh, decide on. So this is uh, something that we propose to move forward. Um, and, and lastly, as uh, Commissioner Ryan also stated, uh, we will need about 90 days uh, to at least get a good uh, handle on all of the evaluations that we'll need, and we can come back with an update. Okay, thank you, Monica. So I have a motion by Commissioner Furr, seconded by Commissioner uh, Ryan. All in favor on item number 55, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes 8 to 0. That brings us to item number 56, which is one of the airport ones that would have been on consent, but you said we're not allowed to do that, so it's a motion to award open-end contract to Lowbetter AGSA LLC for preconditioned aircraft air hoses. Seeing no one from the public, Move I have approval. a motion by Senator Geller, second by uh, Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Please show that that, uh, and opposed, please show that that passes 8 to 0. That brings us up to agenda item number 61 which is a motion to note for the record that Broward County Board of Commissioners will consider the approval of a rezo naming courtroom 15150 or any other courtroom designated by the chief judge for our, uh, our old friend Michael Moskowitz, the Michael Moskowitz courtroom. And this gives the county uh, commission and the county administrator the ability to start the process, get community support. Agenda item number 61. Move approval unless Commissioner Bogan wants to. I'll second it. Okay, so uh, Senator Geller has moved it. Bogan has seconded it. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes 8 to 0. That brings us to our reports. Um, and just very quickly, because they said I had to mention one thing, if I can find what I have to mention. Mr. Um, Mayor, you extended us 15 minutes. Move we extend to the completion of the agenda. Okay. Okay. Uh, the canvassing board began its activities last week for the November general election. I'm continuing to serve as our commission representative on the canvassing board with the vice mayor being the alternate if I'm unavailable. So does that satisfy what I need to say? Okay, good. All right. Um, <laughs> that brings us to our comments. Senator Geller. Or, uh, Commissioner Ryan. Senator Geller. Vice mayor. Quickly, Mayor, um, exciting this week is we're going to have and launch our community court program uh, with Judge Tudor and Judge Bonner in Pompano Beach at the Annie Weaver Center this coming Thursday at 1.30. We'll do that dedication, so if you want to come out, uh, please let my staff know. I um, want to thank the Office of uh, Public Communication for all the records and information, along with the mayor, uh, for the communications during Hurricane Ian. I mean, it really was great, Monica, great job, great team effort there. And last but not least, I want to uh, welcome uh, a new team member to my team, although a former team member to others, uh, to District 4 is Susan Bailey, Suzanne Bailey. So she's part of our team now, and I, I poached her from, from another <laughs> team. So I admit it. I did it. And uh, so she's a great uh, addition to us. So thank you. Uh, great. Commissioner Bogan, and then I'll go to Senator Rich. Uh, Mark, you still there? Yeah, I just want. Yeah, yeah I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, as the appointee, uh, uh, I was getting involved um, on some of the issues with Fitzy. I just wanted to let everybody know that October 19th and 20th, um, less than you know, uh, less than 10 days away, uh, starts the two-day uh, Fitzy 
Um, and really, the the amount of work that Sandy Michael McDonald and the staff has done is just incredible. I mean, they've got over 200 exhibitors coming. They've got over 2,000 attendees coming. And uh, just the amount of work that I, I've learned that his office, he and his office have done is just amazing. But anyway, I just wanted to let everybody know, uh, just to remind them that uh, we've got a, a huge uh, convention coming. Um, people from around the world are attending uh, over at our convention center. That's it. Thank you, sir. Senator Rich. Thank you. Um, first, I just want to mention, I did not pull it, but I just did want to mention on item 24 that we passed a little earlier, that, were, that those were uh, five affordable housing developments uh, with our gap financing money. It's very exciting, about $12 million. It's 478 units, additional units. And I'm very happy to say that it, uh, part of it went to uh, the NAMI project on the Pembroke Pines Howard Foreman campus for uh, 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 people with special needs, particularly mental health issues. And um, it was, it's been a long time coming getting through uh, Tallahassee and then changing uh, the status of the property and so forth. And it's just really exciting that we were able to give the final little bump and push to get them uh, started. So I'm just, you know, thank you and thank everybody for the commitment that we've uh, shown this community for affordable housing. I also just want to mention that um, on October 13th at 5.30 p.m., um, there's um, going to be a, um, uh, a launch of the what they call the MIMI Center of Hope, M-I-M-I, -I, MIMI Center of Hope. Um, and this is actually a new home for the Voices of Children of Broward County, which is the uh, kind of adjunct uh, support program for the Guardian Ad Litem program in Broward County. Um, this mini center is um, actually being um, um, sponsored um, and um, with contributions uh, by um, Don, Donna and Jim Inglis, who have provided the lead naming gift uh, for the organization's 2022 Hearts of Hope Building a Future. And uh, just it's exciting because it will allow voices to expand uh, the physical capacity, have the physical capacity to increase services and support programs for foster care children, uh, create a space for growing partnerships and collaborations to provide higher quality programs and services for foster care children. So it's exciting to have this addition to our community. And I said, if you can check, contact my office, we can give you, it's in Lauderdale Lakes uh, at 5.30 p.m. October 15th, uh, October 13th, excuse me. That's it. All around great guy. Greatest thing since sliced bread, Commissioner Beam Furrier up next. <laughs> Those are great projects, though. Yeah. The, the NAMI ones are great. Yeah. Um, today's the last day to register to vote. And so I think we should be, any, any way we can get that word out, let's do it. A lot of people just, a lot of people wait to the last moment. But they can do this online, they can do it, uh, come, come in person, they can still do it as of today. So hopefully they get there. Um, the Children's Services Council just uh, passed again their Swim Central program. Any family that needs a $40 coupon to teach a kid how to swim, it's available. And I did want to uh, congratulate this Children's Services Council on celebrating 20 years uh, this last last month. Uh, I know Commissioner Rich was a uh, big part of the starting of that. Congratulations on that. And uh, they've done a lot of good work. And I think that's all. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Commissioner Moskowitz. Thank you, Mayor. I usually don't have any comments, but I just wanted to add one additional thing um, to the debate on the waste 
uh, issue. And one of the things to, to look at in the working group, because Lee County, Senator Rich brought up, I thought was an excellent point that we usually don't think about. So Lee County is now experiencing a horrible disaster in Hurricane Ian, which has generated a significant amount of waste. And Senator Rich brought up a point about how we're the county and sometimes we have to come in and bail cities out. Lee County is having to absorb the cleanup for a lot of cities because they can't afford it, right? So if you have a city that has a $10 million annual budget and the cleanup is $25 million, you can't afford it and you can't get a loan. So one of the things to consider in all of this is that the cities will come to the county. God forbid we had a major hurricane here for us to pay for their share of the waste. So it's just an additional point for you to, to, to carry. Thank you. Mr. Melton? Thank you. County Attorney. I know Monica has a minute or two on Hurricane E and stuff, so you have the floor, Monica. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to make sure, and I know um, Vice Mayor Fisher, you, you alluded to our, our snapshots and our updates, and um, again, our, our public communications team, uh, Margaret and Greg, and, and the crew have just been really great um, to work with and, and able to kind of call all the information together. And I'm just going to hit on a couple of the real highlights. Um, real proud about um, of our team. We've sent a lot of folks over to uh, Lee County and, and uh, in the surrounding area to help uh, with mutual aid um, initiatives. So um, obviously we experienced um, some damage too. Um, with a couple of tornado touchdowns that uh, that evening that we that that bad weather came through with one of the bands um, uh, most of our damage was um, at, at North Perry um, our estimates so far have already been at 4.4 million dollars so it's a little more than we all kind of initially thought um, but uh, what we've sent over to to the uh, southwest um, uh, coast of Florida has been pretty ins inspiring to see um, as you all know uh, my dear friend and our former Broward County um, Administrator Roger Dejarle, um is the county manager there. And, and so um, I spoke with him every single day, multiple times a day, just uh, checking in. Um, but we've sent over uh, folks from traffic engineering uh, and, and some uh, equipment that we're evaluating right now to help them with their signalization efforts. We were the first, um, one of the first to provide our transit service. Um, was expressing uh, folks across uh, Alligator Alley to do work over there. They didn't have places to stay, so we'd go take them over to do work with FDOT and then bring them back at the end of the day. Um, we have folks embedded over there with GIS helping them um, with some of those relief uh, initiatives. Um, and Aviation Department sent folks over to help with Punta Gorda's airport um, and, and restoring, uh, um, able to help restore some of the flights um, and uh, uh, commercial activity there. Um, Parks and Rec, we have sent over our um, operation, uh, emergency operations manager over there. They've been deployed to Manatee County. Um, and our water, wastewater services, utility professionals are also over there uh, restoring water service and, and pressure um, testing their, their uh, systems. So on, on all angles, we've been um, engaged with them, and, and that's just what we do um, as a South Florida community and, and to help our neighbors. So. Um, I also uh, was engaged with uh, Miami-Dade and Palm Beach um, on a daily basis in the early parts of that conversation to see what we can do as a region um, and, and engaged with the Miami-Dade mayor and the administrator in Palm Beach. Um, and lastly, um, just to remind everyone, we have um, a employee deduction um, that we can, uh, if you're interested in, in participating in, in mutual, in uh, providing some of your uh, payroll deduction. You can do that, and, and to date, we've already um, generated, I think, almost $8,000 in, 
in a short little window. So um, hats off to our uh, generous employees as well. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Monica. Just for my report, I just wanted to uh, just add on to what Monica said. I mean, great job by Team Broward with everything that they did during the hurricane as far as push pushing information out. I don't think the public realizes how much goes on behind the scene, and they certainly don't realize how much we have to operate as a region. Once Miami-Dade does something or Palm Beach does something or doesn't do something, it really sets off dominoes in Broward County as to what we have to do also. So I thought it was uh, an excellent job, and I am praying for calm, clear weather, at least until 10.01, November 29th. That's really what I'm looking for right now. Um, I just wanted to say Tuesday, October 18th, I know we're doing a shovel groundbreaking for the new supervisor of elections facility out on Cypress Creek. And I was going to bring up when I mentioned that today in my comments that today is the last day to register to vote. Uh, we are canvassing already. This is going to be a lot of mail-in ballots probably for this election. Our next canvassing board meeting is Monday, October 17th at 2 p.m. They're all open to the public. They're all on Zoom. They're all, there's, we, we, what we're doing as a canvassing board and what we've done these last few elections, we really want these to be open. There's actually been a lot of people at a lot of these meetings. They take them, they watch everything that's going on, they post pictures on social media. The goal of this board is to be as open as, and as transparent as possible so that afterwards no one says, hey, you weren't open and transparent. I think we're doing a pretty good job of it the last few elections, and, and I'm happy to be a part of it. I will say to the public that is voting for a mail -in on a mail-in ballot, just bubble in your circles. There's no real reason to get really creative on your ballots. It's not a creativity contest. It's a bubble just like you did for your test back in school. It's a bubble, kind of get close to being in the lines. It makes life a lot easier. You don't have to X, you don't have to check, you don't have to draw pictures, you don't have to do a lot of all that kind of stuff. Can you mention about the markers? Well, it, it's, okay. So. In the primary election that we just had, if you know, Commissioner Furr probably would have won by a lot more than what he really even won by. But there was bleed-throughs on some of the ballots. Some people fill their ballots in with a Sharpie. And when there's somebody filling it in on the backside, and on this ballot it was particularly like that, there was what's known as bleed-through. So when you put the ballot up on the screen, it wouldn't go through the reader. When you put it up on the screen, it looked like both circles were completely bubbled in. They weren't. It was a bleed-through from the back. It, it happened in a lot of races, depending on where the ballot location was. I had mentioned to them at the canvassing board meeting to get six kids with a Sharpie before they do the ballots and actually color some of these in to make sure they're not lined up the same way. And they said that they were going to do that. And everyone always says back to us, well, we send the ballots out to everybody before the election, but they send it to you on a computer so you really don't see. And this is something they need to do old school, print out what the actual ballot's going to look like have people color some in using a marker and see where the bleed throughs are and make sure it doesn't bleed through in another box. And they've said they've done that. Last and certainly not least, um, I'm hopeful and I'm hearing progress is being made with United Healthcare and Broward Health as far as getting the insurance issue resolved for health insurance. It's been my feeling that Broward County, the largest health providers, uh, you know, we, ha we have to have both healthcare systems, the north and south, uh, be accessible. So I'm told that that's very close and they're working on that and I'm hoping to see a resolution 
like yesterday or immediately, but let's get that one done. With that, those are the comments. Round two, Senator Geller. I just wanted to say, I, I didn't have a comment, but I did want to say since it was brought up on the uh, solid waste, that Commissioner Fur, I am not sure that I would support if we just went back to giving us uh, the ability to overrule by majority and certain limited items because my complaint was there's, from what I was told, and I could be wrong, there were a whole lot of items that we would not be getting veto on. And if I'm wrong, I'll find that out. But if there are, in fact, a lot of items that can just be decided unilaterally by the cities, I'm not supportive of that. I think that it should be a full partnership. I didn't think we should have, um, if they have 30 city commissioners, I didn't think we should have to have 30 county commissioners there. That would be very difficult for us. But uh, I, and if it's just one with the same amount of votes as the city, that's okay. But I think it has to be full partnership on everything. It was only the ones that we have statutory obligations on. All right, so let's. We're not in agreement on since that. We, since we close the item, let's not deal with this for sunshine type issues and people left. <laughs> Do we need round two for commissioner comments? Yep. Okay. Okay, I, I don't want it either. Motion to adjourn. That's good. See you on the 25th. Thank you.